Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They had been been around the block a time or two. What the first deal they built, I bet. No, no, you know, I think they were, the the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car, and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap, cheapo cars, and that, that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was the chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steal when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast, available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast. Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item. Backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast.
Jerry Green. Holy moly. Take off! Yeah! This guy. Thank you! Hell yeah. Great job, man. Now we got a crash. Car spinning left and right. Buddy, let her rip. Rain like hell, baby. Come on. Oh, my God, guys. Yes. Yes. Unbelievable. You guys are the best. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, what a year. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. For the first time in 2022, we are officially live on my channel. That's right, no pre-record this time. We are live in the flesh, in the Zoom windows. And this week, we are joined by Xfinity Series driver for Our Motorsports, Anthony Alfredo, to kick off the show. Anthony, we're just talking. It's been, I think, over a year since you were on the podcast, but thanks for joining us. No, thanks for having me. It's definitely been way too long. We got to do this more frequently. Uh, but I appreciate the opportunity and, and excited to be here with you all. Well, we have a lot to get to later in the show. But while we have a driver here who just raced in that crazy, I heard a lot of drivers call Atlanta wild. Like that was the word of the day. But can you give us any additional insight as as someone who was there in person on the front lines? How insane was it racing in a pack on a 1.5 mile track? It was really weird because we've never had anything like that before. And to be honest, it really did feel like a mini Daytona because it was Speedway-like in the sense that you were pretty much wide open, maybe not further back in the pack. But if you were up front in the pack, you could run full throttle all the way around because we had the tapered spacer and it was more so more or less a restrictor plate race. Uh, they added banking and it was repaved. So there's pl- plenty of grip to hold the car to allow you to do that. Uh, and it was just honestly weird because obviously it's, you know, a much shorter to a normal super speedway, but you're still able to do those things. So they just kind of, the laps clicked by really quickly. Um, but since they narrowed up the track, it was really, really tight. So it was tough to, to race on in itself because the, the corner radiuses were pretty tight, which, uh, to run wide open in. So it was really hard to make the bottom lane work. I think the top carried a little bit more momentum and that's why we saw that middle, the top groove really come in. Uh, and the bottom didn't really work unless there was enough cars down there to, to build up a, a new lane, uh, which is very much Speedway-like in a sense. But it was totally different than anything we've had. I thought it was pretty fun. Now, I'm not saying I want every mile and a half race to be like that by any means, but I don't mind doing it once a year when we go to Atlanta or twice a year. I think um, it was exciting. It was new. It was different. Uh, but the biggest thing was just track position. It wasn't as easy as a normal Super Speedway to work your way to the front whenever you wanted to go and form up a new lane. You were kind of just running wherever you were uh, unless you, you know, had the track position. I think if we, we as well as anyone in the field, I felt like could have gotten up front or stayed up front if we could have got there, you know, whether it was on pit road or through strategy or whatever. So it was different. It was fun. I hope the fans enjoyed it. Um, I know they put a lot of work into getting that track ready in time. Uh, but I definitely miss the old worn out Atlanta too, but this is just a totally different racetrack. It felt like that, that kind of like goes into my big question, um, for you being a driver on that track is when, when the surface does start to wear down, how do you think the racing is going to change? Are we going to still probably have sort of a mini Daytona or is it going to be more like handling based, a hybrid of both? How, how, how would you think it would change when the uh, surface starts to wear down? 
That's a that's a really great question. I think it'll depend on what package we're going to run. Obviously, we didn't have the full Super Speedway package. We just had the Speedway engine package, but we ran the normal intermediate track aero package. So did the trucks. Uh, Cup was the only series that had the full-blown Super Speedway package. So I think that helped them a little bit more as far as uh, downforce and just handling with the cars. Uh, but obviously, that car in itself is way different than um, you know previous versions. So I think as the track wears, if we maintained this package and kept running it there, it would probably turn into like a 550 horsepower high downforce Gen 6 type race where it's kind of single file, but you're not running wide open. It'd be hard to pass. Everyone's still close to the same speed. Uh, but at that point, I would think they would consider going back to unrestricted motor and allowing us to you know, kind of fight the handling on the car a little bit more and have uh, a little bit more flipping and sliding so to speak but as of now you know if we did go with that package we probably would have had a, a not as exciting product of racing because we'd be going well over 200 probably 205 208 or something in an xfinity car going into turn one there and it would be so fast and right around the bottom most likely uh and there wouldn't be much passing it would probably get pretty spread out so i think having that package at least allowed us to be much more grouped together, especially as you normally see in an Xfinity Series race, which is why it was pretty exciting. But it was definitely chaotic because there wasn't a whole lot of room when they wrecked just because of how narrow the track was. So I think that's why when they did wreck, it was pretty huge. Well, Anthony, uh, after the Xfinity race, I, I'll ask you the same question I asked a couple of other guys. I asked AJ Allmendinger what they could do different in the summertime. He responded with, uh, I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you. I just drive what they tell me. And then Riley Herbs, I asked him the same thing. He just said he predicts it's just going to be hot and slick. So I'll ask you, what could NASCAR do better in the summertime with these cars? I mean, it will be baking in 95-degree Atlanta sun. So what do you think they should do when they go there? As far as the heat inside the car or the, or the track just, itself? Just the car itself, how it's going to react to the hot temperatures. What would, what would be your ideal scenario for the cars? I think with the same package, it, it really wouldn't change a whole lot. I think you'll be you'll definitely be lifting more and having uh, more handling issues uh, with how much tighter that track was in a super speedway, say where, you know, it's much larger, wider corners and all that. Uh, you are already fighting the balance mechanically significantly more uh, much like why you fight the balance at Daytona a lot more than Talladega. And the, the July race at Daytona is always much more uh, handling based than, say the Daytona 500 or, or that weekend when it's a lot cooler outside. So I think it'd be like that. I think the racing will still be very similar, but people will be making more adjustments to get their cars driving well. Hmm. So moving on from the Atlanta weekend, let's talk about your career up to this point. Last year ran in the NASCAR Cup Series full-time. This year decided to take a bit of a step back to run the Xfinity Series for our motorsports. Um, just what did you learn last year that will certainly help you out um, this season? And also just how have you been gelling with your uh, brand new Xfinity Series team? It's actually been really great. We've had awesome chemistry, the guys and I, and it's been a lot of fun being a part of this team. It's it's a small team, only been in the series for two years prior to this one and expanding to a three-car team with uh, Brett Moffat and Jeb Burt, my teammates, has been a, a tall order for us. You know, it's been pretty challenging at times, but. I think we've brought a lot of value by pushing each other to be better and tripling our knowledge gained each weekend versus when they were a, a one-car team. But I'm just super thankful for Chris Auer believing in me and all my partners who 
stood behind me and by my side, uh, you know, throughout this journey and all the new relationships we've built as well. Uh, this is a big opportunity to, to go compete, and, uh, you know, hopefully win a race and make the playoffs their goal. They've never won yet, but I definitely want to get Chris Auer his first win, my first series win, and, and be a, a top 12 contender week in and week out. But we're still working towards that. This whole year is going to be a process. We, we don't have a notebook. We're starting from scratch. You know, we don't have tire data. We don't get sim time. There's a lot of tools we don't have that the big teams uh, do have, uh, in addition to just a smaller budget. But we've been doing well with that. Almost won the auto club race. If that red flag didn't come out, we definitely were going to be in victory lane there. But still came out of the top five, which is quite a bit better than we probably were going to run, arguably, uh, before that. Um, and Daytona even came out of the seventh. So two top ten finishes to start the year. And then I think went into Phoenix with an average finish at ninth before a mechanical issue prevented us from even starting the race. So that was uh, not what we hoped for, but we got back on our feet last weekend at Atlanta and are going to Coda this weekend, hoping for a, a better week and a new sponsor on board, Pitboss Grills. But racing the Cup Series last year, you mentioned to answer that question, I definitely learned a lot uh, from that opportunity as far as just running more races, longer races, you're racing against the other 39 best drivers in the world and that level of competition in, in bigger, longer events, you know, you really have to execute and mis minimize mistakes. And I think being in the Xfinity series, applying those things that I learned, I've been able to, you know, compete and run well, even when we may not have the best car, we can run possibly even better than maybe we should or, or just by executing well throughout the race. Well, you mentioned it just a second ago, but you've run well this season. I mean, outside of Phoenix, you guys have had some pretty solid runs to begin the year. But take me back to this off season when you knew you weren't going to be with Front Row and Cup anymore. How did this opportunity with our motorsports come together? Because I, I think it's super interesting. Like you're a young driver. You're younger than I think all of us here. And you're working with a guy like Pat Trison, right, Who's who's been around for a very long time. He's worked with very experienced drivers. Like how did this deal come together and what at the time at the time was appealing to you about it? Yeah, so honestly, I was kind of in the same boat this year as I was last year. I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. And obviously, uh, last year, the the goal was to run full-time in the Xfinity Series with RCR after that partial mm -hmm. season I ran the year before, which was a, kind of my breakout year. I had a really great season, and I knew we could go contend for wins week in and week out and, and hopefully a championship. Uh, but it just didn't work out. didn't have enough sponsorship to do that. And as I was kind of sorting through what I could go race um, – the 38 car opened up and that was last minute i just so happened to be uh in the right place at the right time i guess and had the opportunity to, to get in there so i'm thankful for that opportunity because i learned a lot from it uh, although it was a big step and maybe not exactly what i had planned uh for at that point in my career just with my experience but now i feel like i gained all that experience i was always lacking because running part-time and all those things i feel like i got caught up and now um i i'm a contender i believe so I'm super thankful for that. And that was kind of the same thing this year. Didn't expect that, obviously. Things kind of changed throughout the year, really, honestly. But um, the the opportunity to drive the 23 car opened up. And we had, had some discussions, actually, with Chris Auer and his team uh, a little bit earlier. And it, it didn't seem like it was going to necessarily work out originally. And uh, while I was at home working some construction for my dad in the winter, I got a phone call at 4 in the afternoon that said, hey, you still want to come drive the 23 car? Um, you know, the opportunities available and uh, I had to make a few phone calls to, to make it happen. But Chris told me we're doing our driver announcement at the Hall of Fame tomorrow. Can you be there? And I was like, <laughs> uh oh. So I basically got a flight uh, that super early the next morning to fly down and be there for the 
Hall of Fame announcement, and that was really cool to be a part of and, and just thankful to have a, a team that believes in me. You mentioned Pat Trison and, and Rick Corelli, my spotter. Those guys have won uh, multiple races at the Cup Series level and are, are veterans of the sport. So I think they're really great for our team as well to help us build our program up and for me to lean on to get better every week. That's super interesting. Yeah. Well, we've got over 500 people watching, and I did catch uh, one fan question caught my attention before uh, before we got started. John Vanderventer asked, uh, we, obviously, we know you're a big iRacing guy, big sim racing guy. He asked, do you plan to do any NR Night in America races any weeks that you're not racing you know, in real life? I'm down to give it a shot. I'm sitting in my SimSeat driving simulator right now doing this, so... Uh, I'm 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 interested in any of it. I definitely uh, love sim racing, racing games even. So uh, I think I gotta make my debut here soon. Yeah, our friend IDK, he he would love that. He puts on a heck of a show over yeah. there. Well, uh, we appreciate you joining us here to start this show, Anthony. This weekend, I know at, at Circuit of the Americas, you've got a brand new paint scheme, the Pit Boss colors. We're joking before the the stream, but I really like this flame paint scheme a lot. This is this is a good one. This I know you said Lefty designed this one, right? Yeah, Lefty's done uh, all our schemes so far this year. They've looked no wonder. absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, he does great work. Shout out to him. Um, he's he's done some great work in the past too, but um, I'm definitely proud to have him a part of our team designing our beautiful race cars. Yeah, he's doing good. a great job. I got to say, mm-hmm. my personal favorite is that Dude Watts car. It looks yeah. pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's good. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Outstanding stuff. Yeah. Well, I'll be at I'll be in Austin this weekend. I'll be seeing it in person. I'll be cheering you on. But I know all of us watching the stream, all of us in here, will be watching you out this Saturday as well. Anthony, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can people find you on social media? What, what uh, sort of accounts can you shout out? Yeah, everybody could check me out at Anthony Alfredo on all social media platforms, except for TikToks fast underscore pasta, uh, and then Twitch is Anthony Alfredo Racing. So definitely uh, check me out there to stay up to date with what I'm up to. And I hope to see you at Coda. Hopefully it's not monsooning this time because we raced in like a full-blown tropical storm last time. I think the weather's looking better this time. Yeah, yeah, it looks good. So I'm excited about it. But we'll see you down there. Fingers crossed. Well, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for being on the show. And best of luck this, this weekend and the rest of the season. Thank you. Sweet deal. Later, man. Anthony Alfredo joining us to kick off the show. Now, we're going to be talking about Atlanta. Uh, I was not at Atlanta Motor Speedway, but a couple of these gentlemen were. In fact, both of you guys in this box right over here were at Atlanta for the first official Super Speedway race. So we're going to talk through the Cup. We'll talk a little bit about Xfinity and Trucks as well, but let's begin with the Cup Series race. It was, in fact, a pack race. You guys were there. You heard from the people who've been going to Atlanta races for years. What was the crowd response like when they saw two and three wide racing for 500 miles? All the fans we talked to, they loved it, honestly. Every single one. While I get why some people were against it, I hate to say the important part is that the fans were happy. And it was packed, too. That was the most packed I had ever seen Atlanta be in, in a very long time. I've been to two other Atlanta races, March 2018 and summer of last year. Those crowds looked horrible compared to this one. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, like, I mean, it, it was a it it was sort of a battle internally for me because, like, from the entertainment aspect, I'm like, yes, this is exciting, this is cool, you know, yada yada yada. But then, obviously, you know, from the you know the uh, the pure racing fan of me, I always loved Atlanta Motor Speedway, no matter if they had you know the close finishes or if somebody won by like ten seconds. I mean, me personally. But then, obviously, you know, from a business perspective, you want to have more butts in the seats and stuff. And this brought out a ton of fans, too. I mean, I did not expect it to be this packed, you know, uh, uh, the way it was over the past weekend. But, 
I think obviously for the um, for the next Atlanta race in the summer, I think it's going to be just as packed, if not completely sold out, maybe after this race. I mean, again, talking, I mean, like, and and the types of fans we talked to, we saw a combination of like some new, some some newer NASCAR fans coming to uh, uh, to their first NASCAR race, but also like you know, we had a we um, we, um, we had a a couple of people in the camping grounds. One of them had said, "I've been coming here since 1993. That was yeah. some of the best racing I'd ever seen." I'm like, "Damn, and that's so, saying a lot." Because they saw yeah, some good races. Yeah, in, during that era, so I, it's it, it's past the eye test, and it's definitely past the test with the and, uh, local fans. And so granted, far. you know, in the infield, you can get a name. We we talked to plenty of drunk fans. We talked to plenty of sober fans who knew that they actually enjoyed that too. Yeah, you got a wide range of opinions. Then, well, yeah. we'll talk a little bit later about the the entertainment, the super speedway versus you know more purist racing. But sure, if we look at this race as a super speedway, which is the way I saw it. It checked all the boxes. You had 47 lead changes, 20 different leads. More drivers led a lap officially in this race than didn't lead a lap in this race. Like that's peak. That, that is like wrong. that's like tandem drafting era kind of stats right there. Mm-hmm. So uh, for, as a super speedway race, this did everything you expected. But because it was a super speedway, you also saw a lot of big crashes. They actually, an interesting stat, they crashed more cars this week than they did in the Daytona 500. So an attrition race, Jarrett, I mean, what did you make of the, the super speedway racing at Atlanta? Well, the one thing I want to say before I go right into it is I do find it funny after we've heard weeks and weeks and weeks about how many, you know, supply chain shortages there are for these cars and how it how tough it is to get cars out there and they added another super speedway i just I've, i i find the clash of of ideals on that kind of funny poor um, colleague racing whether it's justin haley or the other car they've wrecked so many yeah. this year but i i i got crucified on twitter for this one and uh and even in my comments a little bit but i'm gonna I'm stick with it i i personally didn't like the race uh and i know people get mad at me for it uh, Shame. I don't, Shame. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. Um, I, I, the way I saw it is to me, it reminded me of a 2012 super speedway race and everyone's going to remember, Oh, the, the last laps of Talladega, you know, in October of 2012, but they forget the rest of the 99% of that, where it was just really too wide the whole time. And yes, there was passing for the lead, but that was about the only place there was passing unless there was a major screw up. And that's what it seemed like. It seemed like, yes, Teams could make their way up, uh, you know, and drivers could over long runs. But at the same time, a lot of I don't think a lot of people noticed that a lot of the guys who are making their way back up were making it up through pitch strategy. We're making it up through restarts when everything was sort of crazy. And 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 I personally am not a fan of that because I think right now what we got with Atlanta as a super speedway, and this is why I asked Anthony this question. Um, I think this is the best we're going to get with it personally i i hope i'm wrong but i'm just the thing i'm worried about is you saw how tight it was in those corners and how they could only really do too wide because they tried like a third line they did not at least not to my recollection there was no three wide racing for for a large amount of of uh of runs i what i'm worried about is it's going to become something where when the the surface wears out you're going to slowly and but surely have people inch closer to the wall until you're sort of dealing with a super speedway Darlington race in a sense, or the high line is the way to go because it's just so slick on that track. And that's something I'm worried about for the summer too. So I'm, I, I, I don't want to be negative about it. I want it to, to, you know, and I'm glad people liked it. Uh, I just, it wasn't my cup of tea. I, I, you know, it had great moments. 
I'm not going to say it was a terrible, terrible race. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't uh, 2012 Auto Club or any of those really horrible. It wasn't 2008 Brickyard. It wasn't that like that. I'm not saying that, but I, I just didn't like it personally. I think one thing I liked, and I noticed that one of the best strategies for that track was right entering turn one, where it goes from the trioval into the turn. I think it's just because of the way the, I don't know, the, ge- the, the geometry was. You can, e- it's easier, it was easier for them to make a pass going into that turn specifically. I think mainly because you get the momentum coming through the trioval that you can pull that off versus going straight down the backstretch the whole time. You really couldn't do much except for just pull yourself through the turn. If you wanted to make the pass, you had to do it in turn one. And, also- and we saw the truck and the Xfinity race one right there. Cup race could have probably been won there if it hadn't been for Christopher Bell uh, fighting Chastain a little bit there. And also, too, another factor we saw in this race, a lot of tire issues, especially if you were, like, in the front pack, too. Like, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was leading the the entire race at one point, and then all of a sudden just just had his tire going out and stuff. And he wasn't the only one, too. There were a few others as well. But also on that note, you know, Ross Chastain had a tire blow while leading, and you know ended up finishing second yeah. but um he should have been out of this race these new cars are tough the, the new car very tough he backed into the wall gen six his day would be done mm-hmm. this car and i i said this when daniel suarez hit the wall three times and know it lost and knows at las vegas i could barely tell how daniel suarez got into the wall yeah. same thing here with ross just saying it didn't matter he, he didn't do any damage to his car by doing that meanwhile noah gregson on the <laughs> first 20 okay well another... <laughs> he, he he nosed it directly into the turn though yeah so. <laughs> no, i think kind of like what you said jared if i was to pick out some negatives yes there was a lot of gridlock midway middle of the pack you know up front i like that you could make moves by yourself often going into turn one like at the end of stage one ross chastain and william byron almost trading like slingshots and slide jobs and i thought that was pretty cool that was something you don't typically see at daytona or talladega um the other negative i think were the tire issues which kind of like it's fairly common at a repave where it's a fresh surface they bring a hard tire and then just like boom, it fails. Like there wasn't really tire wear. It just boom, it blew out. And it unfortunately blew out two or three times on guys who were at the very front of the pack. And that led to some big wrecks. So you hate to see wrecks that are kind of unavoidable like that, where you couldn't really see them coming. Like Kyle Busch, uh, or not Kyle Busch, sorry, Denny Hamlin bump drafting Kyle Larson. And that gets a little squirrely and he spins out. Okay. You could see that coming. That looked like a super speedway crash or Austin Dillon getting arrow loose in front of Kyle Busch and wrecking that looked like a super speedway. Those wrecks don't bother me as much. It's the ones where, Oh, Ross Chastain's leading the field and blows a tire and five cars wreck. Mm-hmm. Same thing with when it happened to Reddick, who was like in six, like that's the kind of stuff that's frustrating. But up front, it was the opposite. A lot of tracks. It's like, Oh, a lot of great passing middle of the pack, nothing up front it was the opposite there was a lot of passing up front and i'll be honest from home that's where the cameras are usually focused so i i I thought it was a pretty good race if you view it as a super speedway race but uh but we can talk about the winner in just a moment we haven't even mentioned william byron but danny darren you guys already said this a little bit um but you talked you talked to fans who obviously loved it you also talked to some drivers and it sounds like driver opinions i know i've heard some of the clips and seen some of the clips that you posted danny but drivers seemed they seemed I don't know if mixed is the right word, or they just seemed almost uh, like, like they'd given them, up. <laughs> a lot of them definitely masked their frustrations, I can yeah. tell. Yeah, like, I mean, obviously, the most obvious one, I mean, Kyle Busch, after he DNF'd, he was just, he he, he kept it very brief. He eight, was just like, eight nope, words. like it. Eight words, that's don't all like he it. needed. Meanwhile, Kurt Busch, I mean, his his opinions were brief, but he was, a little, he was um, a little more open towards the end of his interview after the race. He was like, I hope we go un, un, unrestricted 
in july Which so there's definitely some of that stuff so. well i mean he said unrestricted he doesn't mean entirely unrestricted yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 that's what he means but but um but yeah i mean like it seems like um overall though like i feel like most of the drivers like would prefer old atlanta but um like towards the end of some of their answers though they were like as long as the fans are happy yeah that was the most common thing most common thing. i think i heard that from ben rhodes i jeski after his AJ race Almendinger, um austin hill and then ross chastain ross even chastain mentioned even that, but also uh, ross chastain said don't do this any other mile and a half he, he said, said he let's said, leave kentucky he, he yes. said leave kentucky <laughs> six, six feet under, under. That, that, i mean that's my yeah. thoughts i mean that's what i think I, atlanta yeah. is already pushing it but if they do this even if they do this to texas which you know it's not eddie gossage over there i don't know who runs texas now but whoever it is they're like oh shit i kind of like to do this to texas it, as long as they stop at atlanta i i'm not going to be a if they touch complaint. texas it's it's got Things got to be bigger in Texas. It's got to be Texas mega speedway. I don't. At this point, I don't even want the meme. I don't even want the three mile meme anyway. Go ahead, Jerry. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I don't want it. And I said this in my video, like part part of this in my video. Atlanta's the way it is. I can complain all day and say I want the old one back. It's not gonna happen. I've accepted it. It's already done. But but the thing that I, I, the thing that I think kind of as as a fan frustrates me the most is it's like. You know, the, the goal of this was to get Daytona and Talladega type racing. I think we we've all accepted that. We've all said that on here already. And they got it. The 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 problem for me is Daytona and Talladega racing came literally out of like necessity. <laughs> like th- we are going out. Yeah, we are now going out of our way to put them closer together. And let's be real, they're never gonna say this, but entertainment in a lot of respects is more crashes. That I think that's what SMI and and um, and NASCAR they're not ever going to come out and say it, but that's partly what their goal the, is. Here. The guy at Tal, the president of Talladega, say you can't yeah. be Talladega, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I remember being in the stands. Everyone's cheering, and I'm just like, I, I, am I really that out of? The, am I that out of? And it? the president's like, like, yeah, we want every car like but, that. And the thing is, it feels it feels weird to hear Jarrett saying this because obviously. Super Speedway was Dale Jr.'s best oh, track. I personally love Daytona and Talladega, but it's because those tracks, like I think, I think that's also something else for me is that part of the the like awe of Super Speedway racing is it is the biggest racing in NASCAR. It's the yeah. biggest tracks, fastest tracks, biggest banking for the most part. Like everything is is just it screams NASCAR. And for me, this is just more NASCAR chasing after, you know, or try, or hopefully not chasing after, but maybe chasing after a new trend. Because I'll be real. I don't think they're going to stop at Atlanta. I really don't. I, I, I think unless unless I see a really bad return on investment in the long term, I think they're going to do this to another mile and a half or two. I mean, well, I'm already seeing see people be like, next. Well, I already see people being like, why don't we have the 600 be a super speedway now? No. We might as well make it good. Like. I do agree that if this is the only mile and a half super speedway, it, it would be a special thing. It'd be its own thing. And hopefully would be sort of like a Daytona Talladega in the sense of drawing people in. I'm cool if more people are watching, but if we do this every single week or every week that we're not at a road course or short track or Pocono, <laughs> I, it's, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna wear out. It's welcome. It's I mean, suck, I said, yeah. I said before the show, this room, the, the fan response reminded me so much of the 2018 all-star race where everyone's like, Hey, we liked it. Don't do any more of this. <laughs> and what did NASCAR do for three more years? The more 550 package. Yep. And that's, that's, that is my worry. Like, cause 
I I'm completely fine. It seems like 80 to 90% of fans were fine with it. And then people like me were the vocal minority. And you know, if they're happy, I don't want to rain on their parade or any of your parades. Like if you guys liked it, I'm, I'm do- cool by me. Well, I'm just worried that it's going to wear out. It's welcome too quick. If NASCAR goes NASCAR on it. One thing we were talking about before the show and I, I brought this up, we do have now by doing this kind of a fairly mixed schedule. Now we have, they only have to do super speedway racing six times a year. Now um, you've got what six road courses with short tracks. We've got Martinsville twice, Richmond twice. Technically you only There's have five there. traditional point short tracks. That's what I said. might be bothers yeah, me that yeah. we have more super speedways than we do traditional short tracks. If you count the clash, okay, it's six and six. Then you got the I'm gonna count, Again, if you look Even at though ratings, it's a bigger track, I'm going to count gateway. as racing like a short track. Well, it's not, if, it's a, one of the short if, ovals. Then you have a separate category you, of five or you, six phoenixes and overs, you know, but if, if you look at ratings, I know Eric, you mentioned this and I've mentioned it too, is like, if you look at ratings, NASCAR fans don't watch short tracks. See, it that, is the weirdest thing. And that's that's a point. I feel like what we've learned this week, and maybe we already knew it, and I'm just tardy to the party, but like we've always kind of divided the NASCAR fan base into two sides. There's the fans that want all the changes and new things and experiments there, maybe the casual fans, and then you have the hardcore racing fan that's the southern traditional American motorsports fan. I think there's a third category that I think is more of that traditional fan that just wants super speedways. Like I, I think NASCAR is obviously trying to cater to the casual fan by bunching them up and leading to crashes. But it's I see an awful lot. I see a ton of what I would consider stereotypical NASCAR fans who are cheering the heck out of what we saw at Atlanta. They love the crashing at Talladega. They love the big packs at Daytona. So I think we're almost seeing a third category here that's short tracks yeah they're kind of fun but we'd like the big packs well, and the big wrecks we just talked about when i was at talladega and the president came out there and said every race needs to end like this 95 percent of the people were cheering and that's like, nascar's I, stereotypical audience that's talladega yeah, I, I i was the one out of the loop of the entire crowd there meanwhile they're completely fine with two guys hitting the wall at 180 miles an hour head on like it, yeah we want that yeah it it i it has become too uh, simplified, I think the argument really has, and we'll talk. We can talk about this a little later oh, with sure, the entertainment sure. stuff or with any of it. But it's like it. It really has felt. It has for me felt like, or felt like that people on the opposite sides or different angles of what other people are thinking are just simplifying what the other person thinks so that they can get their point across better. Like that's what it's felt like, and I think that like overall, it's just that's sort of spread throughout the entire fa- uh, fan base, at least online. Yeah. Well, we can talk more about that in a moment. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut Danny off. I thought he had something to say there. But we can talk a little bit about the guy who actually won this race. Like, It's kind of hard to dive too deep into this. Like, Toyotas look good. We're worried about them a little bit after Phoenix. Toyotas look fine. Ford was up there at times. Hendrick looked good. You know, Chevy's like, it's hard to read too much into Atlanta because it was a super speedway. Like, there are 20 different leaders. Like, everybody led at some point in this race. But William Byron did lead the most laps, and he did win the race. So if anyone did stand out, any individuals did stand out, I think William Byron has, has to be at the top of that list. So he gets his first win. This is only his third career win now. Two have been super speedways. But last year, you know, he did this last year. He won a race. I think he won last year. Was it the third race of the Homestead. year? Homestead, yeah. <clears throat> this year he's won the fifth race. He was super consistent all last summer. Made it in the playoffs. Made the round of 12, but maybe bounced, got bounced out a little early. Tyler Reddick had maybe a little something to do with that. This year, I think everyone's looking at Ty, at William Byron to win multiple races. I think if he doesn't win two, three, four races this year, I think people will begin to be disappointed and will feel like he's underachieving. So how do you guys feel? Do you think Byron, well, this is just the first of many? 
This is really cool. Uh, Napa Racing fan 927 in the chat. He says that William Byron was impressive, though. Race Hub said his average running position was 4.7. I did see him in the front. Like, like I saw people come and go. I saw Chase Elliott up there, and then he fell back. I saw Bowman and Larson up there, and they fell back. Larson wrecked out. You know, all of his teammates were were fairly good, but it's not about the rest of the field. They weren't staying up there, but Byron was. Mm -hmm. And also, I mean, like, to Eric's point, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, this is really a make or break year for him. I mean, like, yeah, I, I, I um, totally understand he signed a, uh, um, a, uh, a recent extension to stay with uh, HMS. But again, you know, the expectations are obviously going to get higher because you have Larson mm-hmm. and Chase Elliott as a teammate. But then also, like, I guess some of the fans have been asking recently, who really is the weakest link over at Hendrick Motorsports right now? And like, you're obviously not going to pick Larson and, and Elliott in that category. So it's either going to be Bowman or Byron. And honestly, you can make the case that Byron was like the weakest link for a little while there because, I mean, statistically, Bowman has won way more races than Byron has at Hendrick too in a similar amount of starts in the Cup Series overall in general too. Now, granted, Bowman started with a, you know, a, a smaller team um, in Tommy Baldwin and BK Racing back in the day. But, I mean, Byron has raced in all of his Cup Series starts with Hendrick, and yet Bowman still has more wins. So, I mean, there's a case to be made there. So, I feel like, yeah, it is great that, you know, um, Byron continues to be extremely consistent. That's cool and all. But eventually, he's going to have to start winning multiple races. And I feel like this year is a make or break one. At this point, though, to for, for honestly, to defend both Bowman and Byron, we're on a new car. So, we can basically wipe out whatever happened in the past at this point. Yeah, Everyone's starting fresh now. So now, hey, they're both even, so we'll, we'll take it like that. Bowman, Byron's consistently been a, a consistent driver. Like, last year, he rattled off 9, 10, something like that, straight top 10s at one point. Like, that's William Byron. He just doesn't win a whole lot. And that's the only reason, like, I think it's key, it's great that he has win early this season, but he does only have one race, one win in his career that came on a non-super speedway. We know Byron's a great driver. I feel like everyone's just waiting for him to take that Kyle Larson leap forward. Just hasn't quite happened yet. I feel like this is the year, though. Like, he runs up front all the time, but can he actually win a few more races? Because that's where Bowman's had him beat. Bowman doesn't run as well as Byron, but he sneaks in there and backs into wins, as Kyle Busch would say from time to time. So, like, I, I don't know. Like, there really is no weak, weak link in Hendrick right now. No. Like, three other drivers have wins, and the fourth, Chase Elliott, is currently that's- leading the points. Like, that's point, a pretty great spot to be at in. At this point, team. you know, unless unless Liberty ducks out or Ally says we don't like it anymore, Alex Bowman, I don't know why anyone would expect the Hendrick Four to change anytime soon. No, they're going to stay that. They should stay that way for a while. Now, we want to talk about, you know, people who are also running up front, you know, getting second place, getting a top three for three races in a row. How about Ross Chastain and starting these off to? I, I, I don't... Granted, he's going to have to win some races, but it might be too early to be considering him a dark horse, make a make a good long run. Well, also, how about Trackhouse as a whole? The first time both of their cars in, in the same race get a top five there, too. And, and again, this was after Ross Chastain had the problems with the tire at the beginning. We were just talking about how tough the next gen is. And, you know, he was able to bounce back and get a get a uh, second-place finish there, too. And Daniel Suarez, too, he ran into some issues early on. Like, yeah, he had his issues, but... I feel like the, I don't know, just like my personal favorite in that top five. How about Corey LaJoy? His first career cool. Cup Series top five. Man, that's he caught amazing. air, too. Sorry for that team. He caught air. Like, yeah, he's, when he, 
I kept mistaking him for Justin oh, yeah. Haley in that full, that uh whatever that Federation nah, Eagles. Justin Haley was in late filter. Was, uh, no, Gregson, who was on somewhere. Yeah, 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 it was it was well, confusing though. <laughs> I, I want to bring this up about Ross Chastain, um, and I'll bring something up about Byron too in a second. But for Chastain, he's you know he started the season really bad uh, with a 40th and a 29th, uh, and it was as low as 36th in points. He then has finished third, second, second, and you can argue he could have won any of those three races. He's currently 10th in the points, like straight nice. up, not nice. not playoffs with the wins or whatever, 10th straight up in points. Uh, as for Byron, while he had a bit of a slow start too, and a lot of it wasn't his luck, I believe he's one of the only few, maybe the only one who has led a lap, I think, in every race, I want to say. I, I'll, I'll go, I'll go back and stat. check really quick. Um, he's always there. You just got to finish more of them. That's yeah. that's all we're asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll check really quick uh, because I believe that is the stat that it, like in grant has been like, you know, single digits for a lot of them. But, um, but he's always around. He's sniffing it. He's yeah, he's, he's he's always right. There. Yeah. So looking at it right now, he yes, he led one lap at Daytona, 16 Fontana, eight at Vegas, 12 at Phoenix, and 111 this past week. Nickel and so, Diamond, right? Well, except for Atlanta. They went all out of Atlanta, saved his best for, for the Super Speedway. Well, I think I get comments on my show all the time that I don't give William Byron enough credit when he does well. I feel like all of us here, are, we're, we're giving William Byron the spotlight. He stood out. He was the only dominant car driver at this Super Speedway race, and he got the win. We're just asking for more of them. More wins. Yeah, I I gotta say I I disagree, Eric. You give you give Byron a lot of credit. I don't know what they're talking oh, about. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I, I give him fair enough credit. You see, I, he's just quiet. The problem is he has he his personality is very laid back. It's not great in front of the camera. So I I feel for Byron fans out there that are always in my DMs complaining that I don't talk enough about. Him. Look, I was in your place for 15 years with Matt Kenseth. He wasn't <laughs> getting the spotlight, the screen time I thought he deserved. But you know, so so I understand. And I do feel for Byron fans who don't feel like their guy's getting enough attention. Anyway, one thing that did get a lot of attention. See that uh, segue? Not very good. Not quite a Danny B level segue. But the race actually got a a solid TV rating this weekend. It was our first week-to-week increase. Phoenix to Atlanta this week actually saw a slight bump in viewership. This Sunday's Atlanta Cup race got a 2.36 rating and attracted 4.003 million viewers. That's plus 3% in ratings from the fifth race last year, and that's plus 4% in viewership from the fifth race last year. I do believe the fifth race last year was Phoenix, so not a perfect comparison, but fairly close. So, I mean, what do you guys make of that? It won the weekend once again. The thing that stood out to me, though, was in that 18 to 49-year-old demographic, the key demo, Formula One which only got like 1.2, 1.3 million viewers, it's catching NASCAR. It's knocking on their doorstep mm-hmm. in that demographic. Yeah, and I just want to bring up this stat really quick because um, um, Adam Stern had uh, tweeted about this earlier, and I had a friend send me it. Okay, so this weekend, F1 opened up for um, their, 20, um, their 2022 season in the Bahrain, uh, Bahrain GP, and these are the top 10 best-rated markets for that race over the weekend. And you'll and, see some similarities. And, and three out of three out of these uh, top five really stood out to me. Number one was Richmond. Number three was Raleigh Durham. And then number four was Charlotte. Aren't these like supposed to be this is supposed to be NASCAR country, right? You know I what think- I mean? And then it wasn't too far back. I mean, yes, NASCAR did beat them in the um, 18 to 49 range, but only barely too. Only like, I think it was like a, um, a um, 100,000 uh, viewership difference yeah, there that, too. That but even that. again, it goes back to, dude, 
F1 social media presence, dude, they were a freaking afterthought for many, many years in the States. And now they are right there with NASCAR in that key demographic. So look, NASCAR has built up its core audience, you know, for many, many decades. It is always going to be Formula One in the overall TV ratings, but you have to pay attention to that 18 to 49 demo. They're coming off of one of their best seasons in Formula One history. And also too, not only do they have the social media presence as well, they're these driver personalities too. I mean, dude, like Eric, I think you've seen it too. I mean, they have massive followings already too. Well, I they mean, embrace like, it. They, they were all posing yeah. on the cover of what was it like Vanity Fair? Like, like yes. obviously, I, you will never see Chase Elliott wearing like a feather boa on the cover of a magazine. Not saying he should, but I'm just pointing out the cultural and uh, the, the difference in oh, publicity no, we're between. We, we're, the two. we're saying he should. He should. If he, I wouldn't say no if he did. But and also one more thing too, I wanted to add as well. I mean, like F1 too. I mean, they they're also debuting a new car this year as well and also i mean it's also making the whole you know the uh, competitiveness in that series like a lot better too like haas f1 scored their first points in a in in nearly two years you know so that was cool and then ferrari's back up there as well too so there's a lot more parity back too so it's really a the perfect storm for f1 right now nascar they they gotta you know step it up a little bit you know to get ahead of them yeah, we can debate where F1 is obviously beating NASCAR, where NASCAR is beating F1. That's a whole – like we do a whole podcast on that. But I just wanted to highlight that. Great number for NASCAR going up year to year, going up week to week. But Formula One, other motorsports are kind of beating them or at least catching them in that key demographic. NASCAR well, still IndyCar, beating uh, they, they well, IndyCar is not on the radar. Either. Let's not even talk yeah. about IndyCar <laughs> at this point. But we'll wait until May. But, you know, I, I just – I think NASCAR, they, they've got smart too. They have a very old fan base, and there's nothing wrong with that. But at some point, you got to start replacing those older fans with younger mm-hmm. fans so that they can grow up with the sport the way most of it us have. It just shocks me, those markets though, man. It's, it's very similar. Lot. It's so similar yeah. to NASCAR markets. I think that's interesting. That's that's super interesting. Um, well, Jarrett, uh, what did mm-hmm. our fans think of the the race this weekend do you have the poll the the what is the it poll the famous iceberg poll that's right i was missing that in my ear uh <laughs> yeah i got i got it I, I wrote stuff down so i don't have to constantly be like searching for everything so Ooh, um 50 percent of you said it was a great race 31 percent said it was a good race so 81 percent positivity for it Eleven uh, percent said it was average, and four percent each said below average and bad, meaning this average for Atlanta. And that is out of fifteen point seven thousand votes. Uh, That's gotta be so, close to a record, right? That's close. Uh, it's a, a little over a thousand off, so it's oh. actually like yeah. really close uh, for the poll stand. Like, because put it in perspective, last week was barely over fourteen thousand. So you came out in force. Uh, so kind of looking at the um, the comments here. First one that pops up is from um, Mika Kinton. Uh, says, I was cautiously optimistic for this race, and I'm glad that this race was entertaining to watch and really competitive throughout. So glad that these new cars have productive, great racing, and a variety of winners and driver control. Uh, racing Aerials, I believe I, fo- I believe I follow you on Twitter. A good account. Uh, says, a huge surprise in my opinion. Yes, it was unpredictable super speedway racing, but SMI made a unique mile and a half oval that will always put on a good show. Eight out of ten. Uh, Shinobu D21 says, holy crap, what a race. Ross was so close. Wanted to see him fight back for the win. Uh, scroll down a little bit here. Uh, and Flying Byron 24 said, the race was friggin' awesome. That doesn't count as a cuss word, by the way, uh, just for the chat to know and keep track of. Sounded PG to uh, me. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe PG thirteen, but it's not 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 pushing the center. Yeah, yeah, not pushing it too much. Uh, Anthony Cross says this new Atlanta track is 10 times better than the old. I was blown away. All sorts of guys got great finishes. It was anyone's race, close racing, evened out field, 10 out of 10, fantastic race. Mm-hmm. By the way, this is how you know that I don't pick the comments that I only agree with. Um, just letting everyone know <laughs> that now. Wow. You're so <laughs> objective. Getting, uh, oh, yeah. Totally. What a journalist. <laughs> Fair and balanced. That's what I am. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit here. I, I, I'm trying to find negative ones. Wow. I, I feel like this is. I feel like this is. You're trying like, to find uh, your agenda. You're trying, trying to, to find <laughs> his agenda. Trying to push an agenda. Um, HG12 turned out great. Uh, Brian Taylor, great race. Man, Bubba Wallace has the worst luck. Uh, Wesley M3, absolutely incredible. Uh, Comrade Liam left the lyrics to I Ain't As Good As I Once Was by Toby Keith. Great song. <laughs> Good as I once was. <laughs> We're going to make an album. I didn't um, know that song. What the hell? What, what just happened? Just broke it. Like you never heard that it, one? It, oh, I don't listen like, to country music. 16, 17, Even if you don't listen dude, to it, you've heard that. Even my somewhere. mom, like, yeah, I, I've heard it at least once. <laughs> maybe, maybe I just zoned out. Um, I'm, I'm scrolling. There's like 500 comments. I don't, uh, let's see. Darlington and Daytona made a baby, according to Jack Straw. Uh, that's good, that's <laughs> one way to look at it. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, I, I found one. Uh, Austin Justice says, not my cup of tea, but I see how five-year-olds would enjoy it. Damn. Uh, one, uh, half mile full throttle, uh, just a bummer for me. I won't go that far, but yeah. Um, I'm not going to read it, but Jar Jar left a comment. Uh, always, always good. Actually, is that good? Do we like Jar Jar leaving comments? That's debatable. Yeah, I'm kind of fifty-fifty on. <laughs> so, do do you want me to read the last comment? Because we know it'll be the last one is negative. Yes. Yeah, so let's let's hear. What is the worst of the worst? Yeah. All right, and I'll stop reading it if it gets too inappropriate. Um, Tony M says, "What a pathetic showing from the fans, huh? Uh, everyone has been talking to me about the Atlanta remake for a year, and that place still can't fill half the seats for the race oh, on, on the new track. It Atlanta had more you didn't watch it, bro. You are over it. You watched the truck it. race. <laughs> Atlanta continues to be the worst major market for in-person sports fans what? Uh, for basically every sport except UGA, I guess. Okay. Uh, I can't say that. Granted, I'm in the so I can't say it as good, but I will say it looked at least 80% dude, full. Dude, and we again, we had fans coming up to us after and saying, like, yeah, that is the most I had ever seen Atlanta, you know, ever for a race weekend that pack. No wonder it got so many thumb downs in the comments then. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it got it got ratioed too. There's like seven responses, and I have a feeling that <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Uh well how about the ratioed comment, in though? YouTube comments. How does that happen? First comment. Okay, who's who's the first comment from? Denny delivers. Of course. Does he just have like uh, D- Denny? Like, are you just I call him Denny? Denny delivers. Are you just like refreshing your feed like twenty four seven? How do you do this every single week? Like, it's I think impressive. that, that deserves that deserves a lot of credit. So he I'm just left. expecting a meme. I don't expect positive or negative. I think it's just a meme. What do you guys think? Positive, negative, negative. What do you think, Denny? Negative. Uh, he says, death, taxes, Denny Hamlin DNFs, and bad runs causing my weekly insurmountable pain. Screw pushing P. I'm pushing pain and pushing pole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's pretty Denny negative. Delivers. Yeah, Denny <laughs> delivers yeah. never uh, never disappoints, though. Never lets us down. Well, that was the famous iceberg pole. I don't say it as well. Darian, what was that? The famous iceberg pole. You got to put say it, with, <laughs> say it with your chest. You got to get really into it, Darian. The pole! The famous iceberg pole! <laughs> 
So like Santa Claus over there. Well, real quick, before we're nearing the halfway point, and I've seen all the super chats you guys have been sending, we will be reading the first batch of super chats here at the halfway point, or maybe just after. But we do really quickly need to hit on the Xfinity and the Truck Series races. Uh, the Xfinity race. It ended kind of slow. A lot of cautions, a lot of wrecks at the very end. We heard Anthony Alfredo's firsthand experience, uh, but it looked like a typical Xfinity Super Speedway race. It came down to best buddies, Ty Gibbs and like his uncle, Ryan Sieg or something. They're so different in age. It's just so weird seeing them like confront each other and now race each other for the win. It came down to Ty Gibbs in a Joe Gibbs racing car beating Ryan Sieg, making, I believe it was a last lap pass. Mm-hmm. Second win of the year. I mean... Poor Sig fell off. He didn't even get to finish his herbs. It was, yeah. a, it was a shame because he's a Georgia guy. That team, obviously, it was a small team looking for a win at Atlanta. That would have been such and a cool also, start. I Austin love Ty Hill Gibbs, but I felt bad for Georgia. Ryan Sieg. Austin Hill's a Georgia guy, too, so we almost had those. A lot of Georgia yeah, drivers. Yes, second, so that's yeah. another good super speed to run for him. Yeah, Ty, Ty oh, Gibbs, though, Oh, yeah, he was your pick. So I like, got my pick. <laughs> I, I thought you were crazy picking Ty Gibbs. Not that we do this like NASCAR Fantasy where you only get like a set number of picks per driver mm-hmm. per year, but I thought you were crazy picking Ty Gibbs at a super speedway. But uh, lo and behold, no, he didn't, didn't didn't allow for a surprise winner. I was kind of a little bummed by that. Like I like seeing Ty Gibbs, but I want to see him do well. He's a, f- a friend of the show. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was, I was kind, kind of, of a fun seeing. thing to add on – kind of fun thing to add on that uh, – before the race, I actually told Ty Gibbs, I said, hey, don't worry. I'm not going to let him tweet about you at all. Yeah. And then uh, in front of, like, his grandfather and everything, he, he looks at us and goes, there's no such thing as curses and jinxes. I believe in God. And walks to his car. <laughs> That's it, some movie it was, stuff. It was so dramatic. Oh, it was like it was in a movie. And things got just so quiet where everyone around could hear that right when he said it. And you, you said <laughs> I love Ty Gibbs. <laughs> I, love Ty Gibbs. <laughs> I, I looked at him and said, hey, man, brother. religious Kyle Bush. Good. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we need like, and again, I'm not, not fun, fun argument here. Not, not mean to be serious, but I would love to see like Ty Gibbs' main rival on the tracking cup be some like militant atheist, just to see yeah. the contrast between the two. I, I feel like God. that that would be amazing. Got the holy wars on track. <laughs> Well, I mean, that was the Xfinity race. If we had more time, we could dive into deeper. But really, the truck race is where maybe the biggest controversy from Saturday really lied. Um, Early in the race, uh, Haley Deegan, she was out of the race lap or before the end of stage one. She got kind of doored on the back straightaway, cut a tire down, caught on fire. And I'm sure many of you have seen her YouTube video that has up over half a million views at this point. Uh, You guys, Danny, uh, I know Danny was, I don't know about Darian. You guys were there in person to kind of see the aftermath. Like how intense was that? Because it sounded intense. I'll tell you what I saw. Um, I I obviously didn't know what was happening with with her truck. And but watching her video back, it sounds like there was like essentially leftover tire carcass somewhere in there just burning the whole time she was out there driving. Nothing they could do, it didn't just spread to be a bigger fire. She inhaled a lot of smoke, and also some of the um extinguisher chalk got into her mouth. Essentially, the smoke was going up into her helmet. It sounded like she was basically choking on smoke and then and then fire extinguisher. That's what ended up happening to her. When I saw her go by in a medical cart, she was having a full-blown panic attack just an absolute anxiety attack well, she's she probably, she probably just catching her breath is what it looked like in the she, video she she looked to be in definite pain i'll say that you know she was definitely not right i mean she was okay but she wasn't if that makes any sense and then she declined uh interview after the race uh not not for me i didn't didn't ask anything but she declined interview from fox 
mainly just because she couldn't talk. Yeah, that's all it was. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's, it's a real shame too. I mean, like now she's in a situation this weekend where she has to qualify into the and, Coda race. Really? You know, to the, to, yes. the, to defend her a little bit, that whole situation wasn't necessarily her fault. No. There was nothing she could have done in that case. It's just, it's just unfortunate. You know, like this year, you know, still, you know, there's a lot of expectations on her this year. You know, entering the 2022 season, there's been some talks. Oh, when will she be running the Xfinity Series? In my opinion. That shouldn't even be a thought right now, dude. She needs to, you know, to uh, get some top fives and trucks. Yeah, top fives, top tens and trucks. She needs to she make it to the end. Of st- she needs to make it to the end of stage one. She hasn't done that yeah, in three she weeks, needs to four finish, weeks. Yeah. And, and you know, granted, you know, this weekend wasn't her fault and stuff. But again, it's just it's been such an awful start to her season thus far that this weekend, I mean, she's so below in the owner standing, she has to qualify for the Coda race. She's not automatically locked in and. You know, uh, we'll see. We'll we'll um, we'll uh, definitely see where it goes from here and stuff. But you know, again, you know, she already has a a, um, a ton of expectations this year. But you know, just she has to finish the races. Simple as that. Well, and I've I've seen you know, and again, not all of it is her fault either. But at the same time, you know, you do kind of put. I'm not saying obviously it's you know not all her fault, like I said, but you do kind of put yourself in position either to be away from problems happening, or in position to be where problems happen and he qualifies better. I don't think he's in that position uh, or she, she's in that position. I should say, um, I think that overall she needs to improve on all, all fronts with it. And, you know, I see a lot of people being like, come on, give her, give her, you know, time, do this, do this, this chance, this chance. And I'm like, well, I mean, would you say people in the chat? Cause there are going to be these, these comparisons. Would you give Natalie Decker more time? Mm. Like if in these kind of positions, you know, and that, would you give, I don't know, Stephen Wallace, like the different standards here with different drivers. And I, so I think that right now, like Darian said, she needs to stay in trucks until she can consistently compete. Because if you're going to be a superstar one day in the cup series, you know, not very many people who go up through each rank and then are competitive in cup. Not very many of them are, are struggling to get top tens, fifteens or twenties in the truck series. Mm-hmm. So and we know the equipment's good because it's one races. Yes. Yeah, she's yeah. she's in a tenth place truck most weeks, running eighteenth to twenty second. You know, and that's that's fine. It was fine last year because for the most part last year she was finishing races and with no practice mm-hmm. or qualifying, she needed was that track excuse. time. She needed yeah. that experience. And this year, unfortunately, outside of Daytona, she's had issues early at Vegas. She had issues early this week, and she's not getting as much seat time as as she needs. There's nothing that there's nothing better than actual seat time in competition and she's not getting much of that this year because again some of it's out of her out of her hands but like Jarrett said i agree with you you do put yourself in position to be more or less successful to be have a better chance of being in or out of trouble so Haley deegan yeah it's 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 unfortunate but yeah like obviously she glad she's okay after after that incident but you know you just want to see her run better i'll give her this though back to what you said about seat time she did actually she was fifth in she was fifth in practice actually and that wasn't bad Super speedway, um, but yeah. <laughs> fifth in practice, though, and I, I, I didn't get a chance to talk to her, but I talked to Chase Caber a little bit. Oh, yeah. He basically said, like, you know, they're, they're just kind of more bummed they didn't have the qualifying in this case because they got the practice in, but then they didn't have a chance to really properly see where they could have actually started, and she was forced to kind of try to come from the back. You did get, like, the sense, though, talking with Caber, he's like, yeah, there's going to be, like, some type of, like... He, he called it. He, yeah. said, he said it was going to be a mess. So He said yeah. the race was going to be a mess and didn't expect to be out that early for that reason but hey he told me he said he thinks it's gonna be a mess i don't think he 
expected it to be mm-hmm. go that bad for her. He, he kind of more expected like they was just gonna hang in the back to avoid right. the mess. Instead, they got it. But overall, I mean, she made I mean, her way up quick. Yeah, I mean, she was, I believe, like 16th or 17th when her problems started yeah. up. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that she's, you know, some, you know, not saying she's a hack or anything <laughs> like that. I think she's, a, I think she is a very good driver. She's proved that she can stay out of trouble last year. I just, there is something just right now is not clicking correctly. Mojo I, I don't know right what there. it would be. But that overall, might be a though, overall, though, the truck race, I mean, like, it was pretty entertaining to I me, mean, especially the finish there. But yeah. I mean, Let's talk about really quick. I mean, KBM right now, their whole team dynamic. I mean, Chandler Smith Chandler during Smith the race was very mad. He, at the end of the... he called out both teammates. I mean, like there was one point during the run where um, he was like um, saying on the radio, I'm not working with uh, the 51 anymore because he left me out to drive, blah, 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 and stuff. And, and again, um, to add more context, he's from um, the state of Georgia and so is Corey Heim. So it was a home race for both of them. And then you fast forward to the final laps there, specifically the last one there. I mean, look, I expected John Hunter Nemechek. I mean, he's two laps down. I expected him to help his teammate, but I was very shocked when he went with Corey Heim there. I just expected him to just to stay behind Chandler Smith, who was already leading. So I can understand Chandler Smith feeling some type of way after the race. Well, uh, Aaron I mean, Bearden, I think, noted it on Twitter that, you know, the 51 Corey Heim's not running for a championship. No. Chandler Smith is. So if you're John Hunter Nemechek, uh, might push uh, Corey Heim oh, to the good win. Good point. Yeah, good point. Good point yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Good point. I'm going to be real. I'm gonna be real. Like, I th- I think it's a bad move. I don't like that kind of move. I don't like when lap cars in any way uh, affect uh, the race. Get yeah, in the middle the of the yeah affect the race. Get in the middle of the finish. But um, I seem to remember an Atlanta race last year where a certain <laughs> Kyle Bush mm-hmm. got screwed by a lap car, and, and everyone everyone cheered, and yeah, everyone was happy. True. And I came on here and got roasted by the chat for saying that it was wrong, and now all of a sudden, it's different now. Like, yeah, I love, I love the, the hypocrisy for each yeah. drivers and double, double standards. standards. It, when it comes to, to how the fans view it, I, I was against it. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think it was dirty. I think John Hernimacek should have pulled down to the apron, let the pack go by. Like how many, how many spots would he have lost if the main lead? I, lap I don't think he would have lost by? any. He was already yeah. two laps down. Yeah. 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 He was, yeah. Now one lap down two. He so, went. It's just, I just find it funny. He just went out of his way. Like, yeah, he was helping a teammate, but he was helping like the teammate that isn't running for a well, championship. And, and I see but, people be like, "Well, it's different when it's someone holding the line versus blocking." And it's like it, it's different when it's you know the last ten laps. Like, it's, yeah, my whole thing it, it's is the same thing. My whole thing is, what if it was, what if it was Kyle Busch in that truck and said, "Would he have done oh. the same thing?" I mean, he might have pushed somebody Why? differently, but oh, he might have just pulled out. Like Kyle Busch would have said the truck was killed and would have already been in the garage. Like, <laughs> he would still be out there. Well, my thing, yeah, I, I'm consistent. Mr. Line say it's killed. I'm pretty consistent on this. I never really have an issue with anyone doing anything when they're lap, like teammates helping teammates when they're lapped down. Like, I don't love it, but I don't go out of my way to like slam it like i don't think it's I, the way i see it is why the hell third place let john hunter Nemechek in line like why were you not able to fill that gap why did how were you in a line so slow that Nemechek could slip up in front of you and take <laughs> fill that spot like in my opinion at a track like this like that's on you if you let Nemechek sneak into third that's on you you can hate yeah. Nemechek for getting involved obviously chandler smith did drivers do seem to view this very differently chandler smith seemed adamant that if your laps down you do not get involved i understand that perspective but I, i'm just very indifferent i was indifferent when the ganassi cars did it at the end of last season i was indifferent when the when logano helped blaney beat larson i was indifferent to the kyle bush thing at atlanta i was just in, i'm pretty indifferent most of the time when lap 
cars get involved as long as they're not actively going out and wrecking people. Like or like when Newman blocked De Benedetto and they made contact oh, at yeah. Bristol. Like that was crossing a line in my opinion. Uh, obviously, you can argue Chase Elliott running into Harvick was crossing the line at Bristol. Harvick perhaps had something coming, but as long as you're not wrecking a guy, I don't. I'm indifferent I'm gonna, to lap cars. I'm going to poke the thing. bear here. What Matt Kenza 2015. No, I didn't like. I, I did I, at the time. I was a blind Matt Kenseth fan, but I didn't like. I, I've said it. I didn't like that. That that, that I know, he did that. I, I wouldn't I'm have just, done it. I've yeah. since changed my mind. I'm, I'm, just having, some, I'm having some fun with. I it. I think it was more justified than many. Some said. I don't think it's as justified as some said. Some said, "Oh yeah, Logano entirely had it coming." I don't believe that. But I think Logano certainly had some sort of retaliation. I think all of Penske had some sort of retaliation coming. I just want to make sure my stance is clear on that, so know, Matt Kenseth haters don't come for me. But, uh, but no, that, Eric, look what Danny's pulling out. Look what Danny's pulling out. It's for later. Oh, oh, I'm so <laughs> terrified. Didn't win a championship that year. That's all that matters. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, moving on. I, no, I meant to won the war. <laughs> well, they have the same number of championships, and Matt still got more wins. That's, that's all that matters. Uh, no, but um, real quick, we spent almost an hour. We spent a full hour. Well, actually, we had Alfredo on for the first 15 minutes, but we've, had a, uh, we've spent a lot of time talking about Atlanta. Before we fully get off Atlanta, I do want to thank um, – the NASCAR Weekly Podcast first sponsor of the night. Moby is here. I know we don't have our hats. It's been very warm lately. I do yeah. have their all new beard shimmer here in the flesh, in the 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 metal. I don't know. In the it, like it glows. I still love that. It, it looks glows. Beautiful. It looks like a Tron movie. It really I does. It's like it's it. very futuristic. But Moby's all new all new beard trimmer is responsible for this super clean beard you have right here. Oh, Danny's got that beautiful. Yeah, he's beautiful. got that. That, that looks great. That looks sharp. Uh, but you can find Moby at Danny Talks Polo. It yeah. looks fantastic. You can find Moby at Walmart near you. You can click the link down in the description below to see where they're in stock. Make sure they're in stock before you go check them out. You can also shop Moby's wide line of products at Walmart on Walmart.com. But this uh, this beard trimmer features an adjustable five step guide for perfect hair length. It's super easy to use. It comes with a charging stand. It's fully waterproof. It's even got this this scrubber right here. This face scrubber built in. It's like a the Swiss Army knife of beard trimmers. Be sure to check out. Moby. Moby, and thank you to Moby for sponsoring the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Uh, before, Actually, before we completely get off Atlanta, we touched on this earlier, but last thing, last thing. How do we feel about Marcus Smith's entertainment comments? He co- he said that NASCAR is a sports entertainment business. How do we feel uh, about that? Look, I, I you know, me personally, I'll just speak from my perspective here. I think there definitely has to be a balance. Like, yes, you know, at the end of the day, it is a business. You do want, you know... A, a lot of people to show up to your events, yada, yada, yada. You want it to be entertaining. I get all that. So I do get, you know, them trying this whole Atlanta thing and stuff like that. You know, I mean, they've been very upfront about it. You know, they want more pack racing, you know, so this is their way of getting, you know, more, you know, pack races to the schedule. Okay, fine. So be it. But at the same time, this is still motorsports. Okay. You still need your talent based tracks. And I'm not saying these packed, you know, these, you know, these, um super speedways aren't talent based but i mean again you know it's obvious there is no off throttle time you know you can just you know stay in the draft you can stay up front all that stuff and you know there's more of a chance for first time winners so that's entertaining on that side of things but also motorsports fans also find entertainment in just you know straight up you know pure racing so you know leave these mile and a half alone okay we don't need to do this and Again, like Ross Chastain said, let's not, you know, bring tracks like Kentucky back to life. Let's just, they're dead. It's dead and gone. Keep it six feet under. Those were his words, not mine there. So again, you know, I do believe that. Yeah, exactly. I do believe, 
that yes, you know, in in motorsports, you know, specifically NASCAR, you know, yes, there has to be some form of entertainment, all right, you know, so this will be, you know, the new Atlanta, you know, while, you know, it is entertaining, you know, again, the pure racing fan in me does miss Atlanta, but I do understand why they did it though. So just find the balance, keep the balance with it. Maybe Jarrett and Darian can agree with me. Eric hasn't had a chance to go see it yet. You know, NASCAR is not sports, sports entertainment. But SRX, that's yeah, it's closer. I would lean towards that as closer mm-hmm. to to racing's version of sports entertainment. I mean, we we honestly straight up saw Ray Abraham talking behind the scenes get Bill Elliott out of this car because he was going to be much slower compared mm-hmm. to Chase Elliott. Yeah. Yeah. He gave Tony Stewart's car to him because Stewart had the fastest car in practice. So like, yeah, like so, I I think the the thing that people have to do is clearly draw a line into what we're talking about. I, I'm not going to go over every single thing about it, but NASCAR by being a sport in racing is by definition entertainment. Exactly. So, you know, I, but that's not, I don't feel like that's the debate that's, that's being had. I think the debate that's being had is a lot of people. I think I kind of fall into this group are kind of nervous. And I've, I said it earlier that NASCAR's version and SMI's version of entertainment is packing them close together and seeing if they crash some more so mm-hmm. we can draw people in. If that's what we're talking about for entertainment, no, I don't want to do that necessarily unless it comes relatively organically. Um, racing is inherently entertaining. I, 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 maybe this is me being a longtime racing fan, but I will never for the life of me understand whether it's F1, IndyCar, or NASCAR, uh, NHRA, no matter what it is, how people cannot be interested in people pushing the absolute limits of both themselves and machine. I, I can't see how people, when it comes to like NASCAR, can't be entertained at least in some way to see drivers holding on the edge of control when pretty much no one else in the world can do it. That's where I stand on it. I, I personally think that they need to stop saying the phrase because the phrase itself, like, I don't think that what they're wanting to do is as crazy as, you know, even probably I think it is. I, I think what what it is is that phrase immediately is like this big red flag in a bunch of people's heads and it cuts everyone off. It's it's a it's the same thing as the number placement. It, it's kind of it's like I said last year with the number placement, they should have done what eBay did, where they went from a yellow background to a white background, they change it every single day. They move the numbers like that. If you're going to change stuff to be more entertainment based, don't go out right and tell everyone about it slowly, but surely do it. And more fans will be open to it. If that's what they're going to do overall, I, though, stop talking about that, it. That's NASCAR. that's I wholeheartedly agree from a branding perspective. I just think the moment you call yourself sports entertainment, that's where the WWE comparisons come in. Yeah. And it's you, not a good comparison. Exactly. Now. You said best NASCAR is nowhere close to, to WWE. Even the SRX isn't quite where WWE is like there is no comparison there but when you put those words together people draw those comparisons and i just think i think that is bad for business like you said jared race cars are inherently interesting and entertaining to most people and you shouldn't have to go out of your way to call yourself entertaining the moment you do that people look for an ulterior motive so, so i wholeheartedly agree with you i think and you said it best smi definitely should not be doing that because i mean heck one of, one of their tracks bristol motor speedway their slogan is racing the way it ought to be you know, <laughs> I haven't heard that slogan. Is that a is that Bristol has so that's, many slogans? That's, that's a that's a Bristol slogan. Well, uh-huh. they, have, they, they have, it's Bristol, baby, but no, no, they, <laughs> their their real slogan, I think, is the racing the way it ought to be. I mean, I yep. agree with them, but geez, Bristol's got a lot of slogans. That's what I'm learning. Tonight. <laughs> Last great Coliseum, world's fastest half mile, Thunder Like, geez, Louise, they're gonna run out of some soon. Just just keep repeating them. <laughs> the, the 
the dirty, dirty, muddy, slinging good time. I haven't heard that one yet. <laughs> no, that's a new one. That sounds like a Talladega infield. Well, on that note, we finally made it to the halfway point, and I do want to highlight some of these super chats that we've gotten. You guys can start a three-minute timer, but I'm going to go and jump in. Before we even went live, Kyle3000 dropped a $20 super chat. Thank you so much. Marcus Limonis is wearing out his welcome, in my opinion. Maybe I'm just bummed they got rid of the hunting section at Camping World. Mm. Anyway, see you at COTA. We haven't heard much from Limonis since so far. Yeah, this we year. haven't heard much. I, I tell you what, I want to hear from him, though, because I, I want to see him giving away one of those RVs. I want to be in the running for one of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love this name, <laughs> Twisted Nipples 82 dropped a five super chat. Greatest moment of the weekend. And he says it was Joseph and Bradley in the uh, Xfinity Series booth. Hey. No wonder there was tension if that's how my coworkers addressed me. <laughs> say that name again, please. I'm not going to say it again. People Aww. can clip it and watch it on repeat. From Tyler Dotson. Hey, guys, I know this is a NASCAR podcast, but Darian, who's your early F1 World Championship pick? Now, excuse me while I go tr- cry about my McLaren stick Oh, dude, yeah, McLaren. I don't know what's up with them, bro. They got to get their stuff together. But anyways, I mean, first off, shout out to Haas F1 getting their first big points. That's a big deal. But I'm really liking Ferrari. I mean, again, only one race in. But, I mean, they've been, you know, all of the uh, preseason talk so far amongst, you know, amongst uh, fans and teams as being title contenders again. Hey, maybe Charles Leclerc can bring Ferrari a championship again. Jared Sanders says, hey, Tony Pasta, Anthony Alfredo, good to see you again. From GN, I thought this was actually uh, very clever, but he says, if you've seen The Incredibles, there's an amazing quote in it, when everyone's super, no one will be. Exactly my thoughts on more super speedways. I, I love it. Any Incredibles reference that actually makes sense in racing context. That's a good one. That's like yeah. my two loves right there. Thank you, GN. Thank you, Bruce Morgan as well. Bought my first die cast, all guyers door bumper, clear Xfinity car. Gold bar would have been cheaper. Are they also expensive? Oh, I see. So he... If you're new to die- collecting diecasts, how much do they go for now? 60, 70 bucks typically? Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, about 80 bucks shipped probably. Yeah. Oh yeah, if you ship them, that's true. And you never know. I don't I don't know what the special cars like a one-off like door. Look on eBay for, for cheap ones though. Look yeah. on eBay. Uh, or or uh, check out wanna, vendor tension tracks. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Octane Gamer. Do you guys think that a package change would be a better idea than an elevation change for Atlanta given the past events before the renovation? Uh, like if they just I don't really know. if they I'm haven't reconfigured sure. the track and just changed the package, I, mean, I don't know. I I think they got what they wanted and it put butts in mm-hmm. seats. That's all I know. Yeah. Thank you, Alex Vivieros, for the ten. I know she had a horrible weekend, but Happy Deegan was okay. I think she was breathing in carbon monoxide in her suit, but in her vlog uh, was burnt a bit. So glad she's okay. Yeah, we've just yeah. mentioned that her vlog um, definitely details the the scary moments there. Um, Tanner Johnson, thank you for the 10. Do you think NASCAR will go back to victory lane interviews instead of front stretch interviews? What are your thoughts on that? I think most of us prefer victory lane over front yeah, stretch interviews. Yeah, I prefer victory lane. Bro. I don't know if they're ever going to go back, but I would welcome it. Um, Maddie, uh, Maddie Money, Matt L Money, Mad Money 25, TBH Atlanta would have been a much better race if Chevy didn't overcompensate with the camber and cause all the tire failures. Hope to see you at Coda, Erica. Hope to see you as that well. That is true. Yeah, Three the Goodyear, one of the Goodyear executives did was talking to the media during some parts of the race and he, he um he basically had to uh clarify to some of the media hey it's not our fault it's like that's chevy's fault there good, that's why the tires keep good you're doing what they have to do well last yeah. one real quick from ethan because we already answered it. who do you guys think will win the f1 world championship darian you might be buying ferrari already leclerc. leclerc all right okay well, that, that'll do it for this first half of Super Chats. The second half of Super Chats, all remaining Super Chats, will be read at the very end of the show. But speaking of diecast, we do have to thank our next NASCAR Weekly Podcast sponsor, 
I saw you already teasing me with it earlier, Danny, but Lionel Racing is here, the official diecast of NASCAR. You can order your uh, favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast right now at LionelRacing.com or at an authorized Lionel retailer. And if you're in the neighborhood and you're at your local Walmart, be sure to check out Na- uh, Lionel Racing's latest NASCAR Authentics wave. My Walmart just recently restocked. I picked up, uh, I think you can see it behind me somewhere, Bubble Wallace, Dr. Pepper Zero car. I see you've got a Dr. Dr. Pepper car there, Darian. Who, who? That's not Bubble Walsh. Who is that in that one? Right yes, there? the original Dr. Pepper 23. Yep, OGs remember this. And wow, 2014 is such, yeah, it's been so long since those 2014. Ca- those cameras back then looked weird. Yeah, too. it feels like it was just yesterday to me. But anyways, yeah, the 2014 edition, Alex Bowman, rookie car from that season, driving for BK Racing in the Dr. Pepper 23. Back before he started winning races, he was like trying his best to get inside the top 30 in this car. From humble beginnings to one of the best teams in NASCAR, Racks to Riches, the true Alex Bowman story. But you gotta love this car too, especially like it's it's also aged better too since Dr. Pepper did come back with the 23 just in a you know much different form. On, so. on a Toyota too. Yeah, and yeah, same um, uh, manufacturer and, and everything too. So, but yeah, no, Alex Bowman, yeah, gotta love the hacks original scheme. <laughs> so he's got the 23. I'm gonna go a number just below him. I've got actually this is Joey Logano, and it's hard to tell it on this webcam, but it's actually his dirt Bristol win. So there's actually a few there's some dirt there's there. a few scuffs on it, there's some dirt effects, Huge dirt on the windshield, opening. even. I mean, it's uh it's 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 pretty it's a pretty good looking replica of the dirt Bristol car, and that'll be the next race for me. Uh we'll be giving you guys just like we did at Atlanta, a good inside look at the dirt bristle race. So check out Danny B talks for that in a few weeks. Elliot. I got Jeff Burton's old 31 Prilosec car. And uh, this has always been one of my favorites just because you don't get to see many purple cars out Mm-mm. there. Mm-hmm. And well, let's be real with how Brad Keselowski has done this year. We should at least have one fast purple car on this podcast. Oh, I know. Uh, so he usually ran good when he had that Prilosec yeah he won texas 07 the purple number on a purple base is an interesting choice it looks good they had enough white of the lightning to make it stand out though yeah i I always love this one actually people don't remember it but the one i love more than this one was uh when clinton boyer had it in 2009 i believe at auto club he -hmm. had that that scheme i don't know why i always liked it better on the 33 than the 31 but either way awesome scheme Interesting. Well, they're racing in Texas this weekend, so I had to pull out Texas Terry Labonte's Kellogg's Cornflakes number five right here. Manny18KB says that he has the exact same Terry Labonte diecast. Is that from 96? Yeah, what year Uh, is that? I actually don't remember the year. This was sent to me eyeballing it. I would guess it's, it's 96. It might say on the bottom. It might say on like that. It doesn't have the actual headlights, so I'm going to say it's definitely pre 98. I, w- I, for some reason, thought it was 96 or 97. I can Because 96, that was the year he won the championship. Yeah, if you can't find it, it's all good. But it I looks believe similar. that says 97, but it's old and it's faded. Oh. This was sent to me um, last year when I had my P.O. box open, so it sits very nicely on my shelf. Love representing Texas drivers, but... Um, of course, we also love representing Lionel Racing. They are the official diecast of NASCAR, and we love having them as an official partner of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Now, Darian... Do you feel that changing temperature in the air? A front moving in? Something a little suspicious? Yeah, that's that colder As it got a little colder, I feel it. And it's the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Jared, what do we have on tap for <laughs> Well, let's roll through this here. We got some, uh, not much, but a lot of big stuff here. Marcus Smith 
has also said on top of all his entertainment comments that he does not see a possibility of cup racing at North Wilkesboro, according to NBC Sports. Mm. Andy Lally will drive the Live Fast 78 car at Coda. Bob Pockers reported this. Uh, and then this season has been the quickest amount of races for every one of the 36 chartered teams to score a top 20 since the agreement's inception. Wow. Adam Stern reported that F1 is eyeing November for its Las Vegas race next year. Ooh. Alex Bowman will drive the number seven Spire truck at Coda this weekend, according to Jim Otter. Bubba Wallace will be driving the number 18 JGR Xfinity uh, at Coda and at the uh, Indy Road Course. Raja Karuth will be doing the first of his six races at Richmond in the Xfinity Series next weekend. And, well, let's stick with six here. Jimmy Johnson finished sixth at Texas, which is his first IndyCar Top 10, and uh, that was pretty fun to watch. That was a quick lightning round right there. And the lightning round, as always, before Darian blows our eardrums out. Sorry, Darian, didn't mean to cut you off there. But the lightning round is always sponsored by Forney Industries. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and much more. Great for do-it-yourselfers or if you're a professional metal worker, Forney has everything you need for your next project. You can shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at Forney End, sorry, End, I-N-D for short, ForneyEnd.com, or you can find them at an authorized Forney dealer near you. You. Now, Darian, please blow your drums out. Please, I- I'm begging for it. Uh, oh. <laughs> the yes, that'll do it for the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And now, back to the show. Goodness gracious, the pain felt so good, so good. Speaking how's of doing, that, how's that sound in person, though? Yeah, it's actually not the bad. Okay. I'm really, I'm really just playing it up by doing this. <laughs> Danny B acting. Very nice. Very nice. Well, speaking of Jimmy Johnson, actually, I want to elaborate on that a little bit. He finished sixth at Texas this weekend in an Indy car, actually looked competitive, looked like a contender. And I saw a few people talking about this. Does this mean Jimmy Johnson is an actual threat to win the Indianapolis 500 this year? No. What? No. Look, look, it's, I'll give it a maybe it like right now. Look, I said look. a threat. I didn't say he's your pick. I said, is he a threat? Well, no. here's here's my thing. Like, I think he, I think he'll, he'll get a top ten, but they ain't a threat. Oh, if he's in the top ten, he's a threat. <laughs> yeah, no, no. But my thing is, is I and I said this before the start of the IndyCar season. You know, since he was running full time, I did mention that I I I truly believe that he will definitely podium on at least one oval this year. Now, which one? I don't know yet. I mean, Indy could perhaps be, you know, he could perhaps be a threat there. We'll have to wait and see how he does throughout the entirety of the month of May. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, yes, you know, it is awesome. He um, did, you know, um, um, finish six uh, on an oval in IndyCar and stuff, too. This is, um, as a matter of fact, his best ever IndyCar finish, I believe. By a lot wide margin. It's mm-hmm. promising, but hey, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit here. Let's see how he does during the month of May and all the practice sessions, qualifying and all that stuff, and then we can come to that decision if he is going to be a true threat. I don't know. Would, I, sorry, go ahead, Jared. He he looked more competitive for sure in this race because again, I'm not like a diehard IndyCar fan by any means, but I watch majority of the races, and uh, I mean, we can also attest to being there last year at Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. He, he's not been competitive. And I'm not going to say that he was like a threat to win during that race, like unless strategy stepped in, but he was definitely a top 10 guy. He was passing like guys that are up front on a regular basis based off of competitiveness, not based off of strategy. So I would say if he can stay, you know, out of trouble at Indy, 
and and he can um maybe be on the right strategy i i he could definitely be a threat but i i think that if if we're talking serious favorites or serious threats in this race i i still don't see him being there yet um but i i mean i think we'll see him on the broadcast more than just jimmy johnson's running two laps down i think we'll see him on the lead lap top 10 threat like danny said and you know what if he's in the top 10 those closing laps you never know what could happen at indy i mean look at 2011 you know he could he could have a shot i if i'm if i'm giving a percentage shot i'm not going above one percent yet though (laughs) i i mean that's fair i i I look at it as the month of May is a long month. He's going to get a lot of seat time. I saw David Land tweeting today that there may only be like one driver or team going home on bump day. So a good chance he makes the field. That's always a question, especially with the Fernando Alonso debacle a couple years ago. Like he's got to make the race first, but he's going to have a good car. And as long as he doesn't slip up and wreck, you know, which is very easy I'm, to do at, at any I think he'll have no problem making the race. Exactly. Yeah. I, if he's in the race, I, I'm with you, Jared. He wouldn't be one of my top 10 picks, but I think he's got shot. He's not like going to just ride around out there. He's not going to be an afterthought. I think he will have going into May. He has a chance, a great chance, maybe not, but a chance. And I think that's alone is a decent storyline, especially if you're a NASCAR fan who doesn't watch a lot of IndyCar. I think it'll be fun to tune in during May just for that storyline alone. I hope, I hope he delivers. I really do. Uh, I just wanted to talk about that real quick. appreciate you guys um, humoring me there. Um, earlier this week, NASCAR and a different motorsport series, not IndyCar, but IMSA, which NASCAR does technically own, they made a pretty major announcement. I already forgot what day it was. It was, the, I guess, it was, it the, was last week. Thursday. Thursday. end of last week. Yeah, it was Thursday. But Hendrick Motorsports will be fielding a next-gen car at next year's 24 Hours of Le Mans in France. So, Hendrick Motorsports is bringing a Chevrolet car there. They haven't said what, who will drive that thing yet. There are a lot of questions about you know, how modified will this car be because NASCAR has strict testing rules, and I think every other team will look very awkwardly at this deal if they're able to bring a, a real NASCAR-ready car there to test or to race. You know, like That seems a bit unfair. We also don't know what drivers will be allowed. Will they be allowed to run Kyle Larson or Chase Elliott or William Byron? All that stuff will be announced at a later date. Right now, what we know is that this is expected to be a garage 56 entry, which is typically a spot reserved for cars or teams that are trying to push the technological envelope, trying to be in- innovative in some way. It's it's more of an exhibition slot on the grid. You're not really racing against any of the other classes. You're really just racing against yourself. But Hendrick said that their plan is to go there and be competitive. So this will be the first time we've seen a NASCAR car race at Le Mans since 1976. Uh, so how do you guys feel about this? this first and foremost it's a great opportunity for nascar to to make some waves on the world stage stage and debut there they're still very new race car like danny go ahead what are your first thoughts about this announcement i was just gonna say like one of the biggest things that stood out to me i don't know if rick hendrick was kidding about this or not but he literally said apparently he said we're gonna put gordon on a diet to get him back to (laughs) being able to drive so it sounds like they might actually have jeff gordon you know, slated to be at least one of their drivers, which cool. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing. And also, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing them go after a uh, a pure road course guy like a Ron Fells or a Boris said. Bring, cool. bring back someone who's familiar, but, you know, to come from NASCAR, bring back someone who has the availability. I mean, uh, well, couldn't do a Juan Pablo. He's already kind of committed yeah. to other things. What about an Andy Lally? But I, I, Andy Lally, maybe. I, I wouldn't even mind finding Marcus Ambrose. What's he up to? Oh, yeah. Days? 
The thing for me that I, I'm more excited rather than thinking of what drivers, again, I'm excited for driver speculation. I'm cool with any reckless speculation. But the thing that I'm excited for is the fact that NASCAR, again, this, you know, say what you want about the people who are, you know, running it and in charge, but this new kind of regime in charge of NASCAR has really done its best to reach out across the board to other motorsport series, whether it's IMSA, like one they own, but still a major race in a different country, whether it's IndyCar, whatever. I'm excited for the fact that you're going to have an entirely new base of people uh, who are going to be opened up in, in some way, exposed to more uh, NASCAR. And, and I think a lot of people who probably wouldn't keep track of the next gen or wouldn't keep track of how far NASCAR race cars have come compared to where they were even a year ago. That's what I'm excited about because I, I think, you know, yeah, we you know, NASCAR is something that primarily focuses on American audiences. It's the bread and butter of this sports audiences, but expanding to show the rest of the world more, of, of what you have to offer. I think, especially with the way that everything is going global and you see a lot of, of, of sports leagues and racing leagues do this right now. I think that's the way to go uh, for the future. So I think it's NASCAR in a way taking a huge step. Uh, and that's what I'm excited for. I'm excited for what this means past 2023. I second that. And I want them to focus on the exhibition side of things when it comes to drivers. I know we mentioned a lot of really interesting and very talented and competitive names, but I hope they go with at the very least a Jeff Gordon or a Jimmy Johnson. Obviously it's going to be a group of drivers. It's a 24 hour race mm. theoretically. So you're going to have multiple drivers, but I do hope this is an opportunity for maybe an active NASCAR star or two to go overseas and shine. Like, like I don't like Marcus Ambrose might be faster than, than Chase Elliott in this car, but I'd, I'd rather see an active NASCAR star race in it because I think that would look better for NASCAR on the world stage. But what I'm also interested in is the innovation side of things. This car is going to have to be different than a normal next-gen car, but I think this is going to be an opportunity for NASCAR to test out a new engine package, probably a hybrid component or whatever, the kind of thing they've been talking about for two or three years now that we're going to see maybe two or three years down the line in the Cup Series. This will be a great opportunity for them to test that. I have a feeling that's what this Garage 56 mm. entry is going to allow them to do. And don't anyone else... Thing on Toyota and Bob, it has lights. Yeah, and also too, I uh, want to point out, Denny delivers in the chat. He says, "Get Matt Damon. He already ran one and has experience from that one movie." <laughs> yeah, I, I'm looking forward to. It. I think it's. I, I agree with everything you said, Jared. I, I think from. I don't expect NASCAR to go run a car at Le Mans and then attract a bunch of fans in Europe. I don't expect a bunch of European fans to be like, oh, they're racing at uh, Richmond this week. I guess I'll tune in on whatever Ooh, channel Richmond, it is. Yeah? But it's more of an it's more of a of an ego thing. It's to remind, you know, the FIA, to remind the the world that hey, NASCAR I don't actually know where NASCAR lines up on the pecking order, the worldwide. Formula One's got to be at the top as far as popularity. NASCAR's got to be second or third, right? I don't know. V8 supercars are big in Australia. I don't know what kind of yeah. ratings they get. But, like, NASCAR's got to be on that podium somewhere. Remind mm. the rest of the world that NASCAR exists and that NASCAR has innovated in recent years. You know, it goes back to the whole argument we were having earlier about, you know, sports entertainment, the fact that people like to watch NASCAR crashes. If I say foreigners usually reacting to nascar or usually it's usually a youtube video reacting to nascar crashes that's so, like a huge another trend. way to expose the sport yeah i've seen way. that that was like a huge trend especially last year i'd see them in my recommend all the time like yeah like brazilian reacts to nascar crashes you know the yeah. switzerland guy <laughs> reacts and i was like don't know what it is antarctica yeah, like yeah. Crashes, yeah. penguins react to nascar crashes. I was like, what the, what's going on <laughs> it's very common but 
Well, I, I, my, my only hope is they don't take a whole off week in the schedule next year. That's something I hear a lot oh, of people yeah. bringing up. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Like this is a, this is a huge deal. I think a lot of NASCAR fans have pushed that aside way too much and been like, Oh, whatever. It's just, you know, that, that long race they do over there. Like, no, it's bigger than that. But at the same time, NASCAR should not sacrifice, especially what will be early season momentum, because that is what really pushes the NASCAR season when it comes to how many people watch and whatever that I don't think NASCAR should do anything like that. And, and basically just stop the season for an exhibition race for one car. Yeah. And um, I, I thought it was interesting. I saw, I know Denny Hamlin, I don't remember exactly what he tweeted, but you know, the fact that NASCAR went to Hendrick Motorsports specifically about doing this, it sounded like Hamlin, I don't know, he made noises on Twitter as though he was a little miffed by that. Like, well, Toyota didn't even get asked, you know, Ford probably thinking the same thing. We didn't even get asked. So like, I, I wonder if there's going to be some resentment there that Hendrick's getting this opportunity. Obviously it's work for them, I money do for them, but wish that they would have a representative from all manufacturers. Honestly, I think that would be more fair. A, a neutral cool. next gen car. I, the I biggest like thing I've seen people trust. compare is like Hendrick already has this track attack program that essentially True. gives them a way to test road course engines as it yeah. is. See, I, I think though, if you're going to trust one team to represent your sport, like, Hendrick I'm, makes sense. I'm going to trust Hendrick. Yeah, yeah Hendrick. Yeah. I mean, they've won two straight championships. I mean, get good, argue, Toyota. Get good, Ford. You can, <laughs> you can argue since coming into NASCAR. I mean, I've seen a lot of people do, make this comparison that Hendrick Motorsports really introduced the way that modern NASCAR teams run, that they yeah. introduced F1 aspects to the shop. I mean, I've seen so many people say that over the years about him. So it's like Hendrick Motorsports is the team to do this with. It's not it's not about kissing up to the most popular team or the most popular drivers or anything like that. I think it's just, if you're going to have a representative for NASCAR, you might as well have the best team for the last 40 years. Exactly. I think that's, that's fair. If Toyota complains, look at the scoreboard. Like that's all you got to do, you know, but, uh, well, on that note, I think it's a great it's a great opportunity for NASCAR to again make some waves on the world stage. That's going to be pretty cool. Again, that's over a year away, so we got plenty of time to predict yeah. and speculate. As NASCAR fans, I'll just ask you guys: money is no option. You can afford it if you want to. Would you go if you had a chance to to see this? Yeah, I'm. I'm money was no... I'm actually considering it. Wow. Okay, that's shocking to hear. But if money was no object, yes, I would go. Money yeah. is very much an object getting from here to <laughs> France. So again, that's <laughs> it, it, it's a consideration. But I just know that people in my family have also been wanting to get over there to Europe too. So it would I'm be like, a oh, good let's just group it for, together. It would be a good excuse to travel over there yeah. i mean i've never mm-hmm. traveled overseas but we can get some french croissants gotta update my passport <laughs> <laughs> yeah i gotta do that too yeah but uh no i mean if 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 everything were to line up i sure as hell will do it like that that's a once in a lifetime opportunity why not i, I feel like yeah. you would look so funny vacationing in france Jack. Like all of us would. would we'd all look really goofy like <laughs> yeah oh uh, oh totally i i'm pretty sure i'd get scammed like that, that you know something that equates to one american dollar i'd be spending 20 on don't, don't, don't go don't go to the beaches jerry you might see more in your bargain well, i mean i mean i could bring my girlfriend she's she speaks french so <laughs> I, I won't i at least I, I at least won't get uh ripped off hopefully <laughs> fingers crossed <laughs> 
Well, speaking of road course racing, we got to talk about Circuit of the Americas this weekend. NASCAR is returning to Austin for just the second time, second year in a row. Weather looks a lot better, but there is a triple header this weekend, beginning with the truck race, the what is the Expel 225. Uh, it's only, yeah, Expel, it's yeah. only a 42-lap race, but this is a big track, what, I think almost four miles in length. It's a 1 o'clock Eastern start time on Saturday. Race will be on FS1, Radio, MRN. Uh, Todd Gillen won this race last year but I don't believe, no, he is not in the field this nope, week. Nope. The Xfinity race will be immediately afterwards. It's 48 laps. This is the Pit Boss 250 that our boy Anthony Alfredo will be competing in. This race begins at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time, also on FS1. This one's on PRN. Of course, Speedway Motorsports sort of leasing Coda this weekend, so PRN has the radio coverage. Um, the weather on Saturday looks great. 0% chance of rain. It's a little warm. 87 degrees is the high. It'll be sunny. Great weather expected for Xfinity and trucks. Going to be a little toasty, but put these drivers to the to the test. Kyle Busch won the Xfinity race last year. He's not in the Xfinity race this year. He is in the truck race, however. We will be making our picks here in just a few moments. The cup race then on Sunday is 68 laps. It's the Echo Park Automotive Texas Grand Prix. Mouthful for sure. 3.30 p.m. Eastern time start. Once again on Fox, sixth race of the year. All six have been on big Fox. PRN has the radio coverage. Again, fairly warm, 84 degrees, sunny and partly cloudy, no chance of rain, so we will not, we'll likely will not get, uh, have the same debacle on the backstretch that we had last year. We probably won't need single file restarts this week. That's all that says. Yeah. Chase Elliott won last year's race. Of course, last year's race was rain shortened. Darian, do you have the betting odds? Who are the favorites? Who does Vegas have as the favorites this week? Oh, yeah. So Vegas Insider, they're very upfront about who both of their favorites are. So um, entering this weekend, at plus 250 to win the race, Chase Elliott, he is clearly the favorite, but not too far behind is Kyle Larson at plus 300. So Vegas Insider definitely feels that either Kyle Larson or Chase Elliott have the best shot at winning because the third in third place is Martin Trex Jr., but he's at plus 1,000. So they are really high on Chase if, Elliott if and Larson. If you're wanting to bet, you ain't going to make much money off of Elliott and Larson. Yeah, definitely say. not. And, and Vegas Insider, they know, like, okay, like they're dominant, so let's put them at this. And then in fourth is Kyle Busch, also at plus 1,000. And then Chase Briscoe rounds out the top five at plus 1,400. Now, as for the best of the rest, here are my three. A.J. Allmendinger enters this weekend at plus 1,400. Austin Sendrick, not too far behind, at plus 1,600. And William Byron at plus 1800 now for my favorite part of this segment the underdogs alex bowman enters this weekend at plus 3000 tyler reddick plus 5000 kurt bush and kevin harvick both plus 7000 apiece and finally my biggest underdog out of these five freaking daniel suarez enters this weekend at plus 20,000. 20,000. dude real quick you happen to look up uh ross chastain but too. he was actually plus five thousand okay because yeah. he got like third or fourth here last year yeah so i mean uh, yeah but yeah if you want to make money those are your best guys to make money hey, off of. real quick i want to bring this up between segments here this is from adam stern right now mm-hmm. uh, apparently f1 is actually contacted netflix and is telling them to cut out all of their sensationalism and drive to survive so the f1 drivers don't revolt like they're about to yes yeah that's good nah that's good that's good because dude that was a huge problem in season four a lot of just, dumb manufactured drama i just stuff. i wanted to bring that up because i know we always talk about drive to survive no, that's good NASCAR, i'm glad they did I'm yeah because bringing that up because one of the stories was um um what's his name checo um he drops for um <laughs> for red bull yeah uh perez yeah he 
um, basically filmed a thing for Netflix or whatever, and they basically cut it out. That was all that time wasted. So I, I yeah. definitely see why they're definitely uh, speaking up about that. But I yeah, thought, but yeah, let's move. I on. thought you were about to drop a stern bomb that they are running the Vegas race the same weekend as the Cup Championship that in Phoenix. Would be crazy. That would suck for NASCAR if they yeah. ran their yeah. race just one state over. Oh well, but still anyway. Can anyway. What what do we got with the fantasy league, Darian? Oh yes, the fantasy league. This week, Trevor Sports ninety eight extended his points lead to nearly a thousand. He he currently has nine hundred ninety eight points. In second with nine hundred forty three points is UGR two. Third place is forty eight Nation with three hundred thirty seven. In fourth, Bubba Sports Mania Talk with nine hundred thirty four. And rounding out the top five is Dawson Siren nine with 931 and here are some other guys who are who are the best of the rest uh my mom is still hovering inside the top 20 in 19 so not bad she's always uh, good uh, danny b wife aka claudia mm-hmm. is uh currently 25th and uh, blue jimmy 48 fan 36 and i am currently holding up the 49th spot and also danny delivers is in 42nd still got a long way to go but Got to improve here pretty soon. Speaking of Claudia, she just mentioned in the chat, Jarrett understands the struggles of sunscreen not being allowed in the track. Yeah. Oh, no, God, yeah. Wasn't that a coda last year? Yeah. Yeah. They, oh, they, thanks they for reminding me. They took it away. Thanks for reminding me. I forgot they had a pile of sunscreen that they wouldn't allow, like, by security. Fans going to the coda and, this weekend. They might do that again. That was and, yeah. and, bullshit. Uh, what the hell was that? <laughs> Again, you can't tell because of the lighting in here, but I am bad sunburned from, <laughs> from Atlanta. I feel yeah. like I feel like we, there could be like a class action lawsuit against Circuit of the Americas for not allowing yeah, sunscreen like in Texas. Skin, skin cancer. cancer. Yeah, yeah, like what the, If like, you have melanoma, you may be entitled that's to one of the most, compensation. That's one of the most confusing like rules I think I've ever seen. Yeah, no, Jared was so pissed as soon as they took it away. He was just like, well, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> How, what am I going to do with this? Yeah, I'm honestly I, glad yeah. that Claudia reminded me of that. I got to remember that this weekend mm. but anyway anyway <laughs> anyway anyway, anyway. <laughs> we're all burnt I, I don't know if anyone in the chat noticed but i have this photo that we took at coda last year jared p1. i don't mean to point it out that's p1 baby darian was p1 jared over here though but eric's still taller his shorts were not the reddest thing in this photo i don't know if you can tell <laughs> anyway it wasn't it wasn't if i couldn't have helped it I, it was coda's fault Damn but damn, color. Eric, like, dude, you're on the lowest podium. I mean, you're still taller than us, bro. That's I like crazy. make this closer. Yeah, yeah. I'm huge. God damn. I'm wearing the same shirt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. That's right. Yeah. I'm very unoriginal. Nice. Always wearing my own logo. My goodness. Yeah. As Jonathan says in the chat, Eric is taller than Darian, so he's yeah. still P1. <laughs> Beautiful stuff. Well, one thing that you are beating me in officially, Darian, currently is our pick points through the first, what, five, six? I guess we counted the clash. The so first six weeks. Six races. Yeah. Right now, the chat, you guys are P1. Mm. You are on the top of the podium. Yep. You guys P1. have 90, oh my gosh, my vision, 92 total points. Darian is four points back. I caught up a little this week. I'm minus 14 in third. Jarrett, minus 22. I know you picked Ty Gibbs to win the Xfinity race. You got that one right. And Danny B, still fifth, but within striking distance, minus 27. I won the cup race at least. Yeah. He's got that. Would have hoped that would have been worth a little bit, a little bit more. Our po- I still get confused with our points sometimes. I'll be completely honest. I don't know. Well, it, things <laughs> I'll, change I'll quickly. Have a diagram like, ready. Things no, like, diagram. Things like you don't change. You need to actually win the race so you get maximum points and you can really shoot up there. Yeah. Things like don't really change that much. Then all of a sudden one week it'll be like completely different. I'll be like, what oh, happened? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, 
So going into Circuit of the Americas, we're going to begin with the truck race. Chat, even though y'all are leading, we'll save y'all for the end. Um, be sure to drop your pick for the truck race down in the chat right here as we're doing this live. Darian, we'll start with you instead. Darian, who's your pick to win the truck race on Saturday? Mm, this is pretty simple. Is Kyle Busch in it? Mm, he is. Mm-hmm. Well, then Kyle Busch. Easy. Easy. Yeah, I I hate to be boring, but I'm, I think I'm going to have to go with Kyle Busch as well. I think I know where Danny's going, though, but we'll get to him in a second. Jarrett, who's your pick? Boring for the win. Bush. Oh, Kyle okay. Bush. Danny, Danny, are you going to do it? Do Screw it, Danny. it. How often do I get to say this? Alex Bowman win the truck race. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be I love the seven. I, I think the seven looks better than the five. Yeah, hey, hey, he might. He might I mean, it's here. probably going to be Kyle Bush, but how often do I get to root for my favorite driver to truck race? So. No, why not? Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Things can happen, but the chat is definitely leaning Bush. Kyle Bush without Bush. question. So we yeah. can make this quick. Let's go so, on. So all, all I can hope for, Kyle Bush blows his engine and I win. <laughs> that's that's big. Danny has a yeah. big opportunity this weekend. All right. Let's move on to the Xfinity race that will take place right after the trucks on Saturday. Darian, who is your Xfinity Series pick? I mean, look, this guy's on a roll right now. You know, he's had spectacular runs here or there. I mean, like we were talking and, and you know, it, I, I just found it funny that he was, you know, considered to be struggling early on in the year and stuff. It's just he just hadn't won a race yet and stuff. And then now all of a sudden he has multiple wins. Ty Gibbs gets his third win of the season at Coda. You know, I, I want to go with Ty Gibbs, and I'm hesitant to go with the guy I am going with because I actually picked him last week, and I feel like Colleague has just kind of struggled to begin this year. They don't mm-hmm. seem to be quite their normal selves, but if there's any place this guy can get things back on track, it's a road course like Circuit of the America. So I will go with A.J. Allmendinger. Man, you and me picked the same. These were my two picks, by the way. <laughs> like, if, if you guys picked the two same, I would have picked the other, but... I'm going to go AJ also. He was the highest finishing guy at Coda last year that is actually in this race. Um, And with Austin Sindrick out of the picture too, it's going to be that much, I think, easier for him to be one of the top two guys. I think Ty Gibbs is the guy he has to beat, but I think he'll get it done and beat him. I'm actually going to go with a car we rarely get to see, but a pretty good driver, Miguel Paluto. That's who I'm actually going to say. Junior Motorsports. That's right. He's he's good. He's good. He's going to be doing some trophy hunting. I I think Miguel Paluto can get this one. That's a good. That might be a dark horse. I think he did. He race this race last year. I feel like he ran top ten all day. He did. He did. I think so. Yeah. I'm going to go with Miguel Paluto on this one. I think Chad's unanimous. Chad is unanimously Almondinger. So I think that's three for Dinger. Uh, let's move on to the cup race. That will be on Sunday, like I said. Uh, let's begin with who's going to suck this week. It's a road course. There are a lot of options. Darian, first road course, though, with the new car. And the new car is going to drive a little differently. It's built for road courses, right? That so maybe true. could this help out some people? I don't know. Like, well, who do you, Who's your suck pick, Darian? I, I don't know. You know, like, yeah, I feel like, yeah. I mean, since it is a road course, there are a ton of options here. You know, I don't know. This guy didn't do too good last year. Now it um, wasn't because of the um, of anything else. I mean, the weather affected the racing to an extent. Um, he ran into Bubba Wallace there because he couldn't see him. Plowed straight into him. But I don't think he'll he'll uh, do the best. Uh, I I'll go with uh, Kevin Harvick having a sucky run this weekend. I mean, he's barely in, he's he's barely in the uh, in the uh, in the playoffs at the moment. Just um, hovering above the cut line too. And I feel like um, this will damper. Uh, his playoff hopes. So, Kevin Harvick. I hate to pick on a guy who's down. He's almost becoming the Almarola of this season, but 
you just mentioned him. He was involved in a crash last year. Mm-hmm. He did win a road course last year, so that makes me a little hesitant to pick this guy, but I'm going to go Christopher Bell. I think even mm-hmm. when things are going well for him so far this year, like at Atlanta, he does something. Something happens at the end that ruins it, like going he below the red had line. a good points day, and he opted to go below the line to battle for a second. Like, dude, you could have at least finished third and got the points. Nope. I just I worry that Bell right now is he's pressing a little bit because he, he knows he's in a Joe oh, yeah, Gibbs car. Yeah. They should definitely. be running better, and they're not. And I just think he's going to overstep at some point at code and it's just not going to go great for him well i'm going to say i'm going to be the same song different verse here minus verse 11 denny hamlin uh denny hamlin has not had a good season he didn't run too hot here last year uh even you know whether it was dry or wet so i think hamlin's struggling season start will continue i think this season starts going to be the complete polar opposite of last year's to for the most part i might be taking some low-hanging fruit here the driver, I think, is good at road courses, but the car will not be. Kaz Grawa, the money team racing, ain't showing up for speed. <laughs> I forgot they're in this race. Good That's right. That they are in it, and actually, it might, I was betting on him or Loris Hesemans, but I, who, who? I, I, I think he's raced F1 before a long time ago. I, I don't know. I, I have to look that up again to confirm. But I think, yeah, he, he's he's part of the, the team Hesburgh 2017. Mm-hmm. It's their first race since Daytona, so. I think we have a pretty obvious pick from the chat. The chat's going Bubba. Oh, yeah. A lot yeah, of 23. Yeah. That's what I figured. A lot of them were picking Hamlin as well, but mainly yeah. Bubba. I guess they're not they're not expecting that uh, Xfinity race. We'll see. Much. Yeah, I mean, he does have the Xfinity race to help him out. We'll see. But, yeah, I, I totally get uh, it. One thing I will say, uh, and he's running the Xfinity race too, but Ross Chastain was very vocal mm-hmm. about uh, Atlanta. He Even though he didn't do well in the truck race, he was so grateful for having that extra track time. Absolutely. I think still this is a new track for most of these drivers and you know they will get a little more practice this year than than last year but still track more track time the better. Well, let's move on to our dark horse picks. Darian, kick things off. Who's the dark horse for Sunday's race? Um, you know, I won't call this guy necessarily a favorite yet and since I'm going to pick him as my dark horse that means he's not going to be my wins pick, but I was tempted Austin Cendrick, I think at the very least, will get a top five. And the reason I put him in the in the dark horse category. I still put him in there. He yeah, got, yeah, he's yeah. only got one win. Exactly. Yeah. He only has one win. He's only made a handful of Cup Series starts up to this point. Granted, yes, it is a road course, which was his bread and butter in the Xfinity Series driving for Team Penske. Um, I don't. Um, however, I don't think he will be off to winning road course races just quite yet. But he will be running up front. So I'll go with Cendrick. So I was also going to go with Cindric. I just remember last year he actually led a couple of laps uh, mm-hmm. in this race. Granted, of course, there was weather, but he qualified well in the dry. So, And we saw him run up front. And I think he even led laps at Road America uh, in one of his very few. And yeah, before starts. the shifter, yeah, before his uh, transmission. So yeah. I think Cindric proved last year in kind of a backup Penske car that, hey, he's a pretty good road course racer. This is obviously a new new car, everything, but he's now in a main Penske car. I think Cindric's a, a very – he's a solid win pick. Honestly, he's a great dark horse. Well, I'm going to stick with the Ford family. This guy finished in the top 15, at, I believe 13th last year at Coda. I think the cars, uh, at least for him it seems like, have been better this year. Uh, Chris Busher is going to be hmm. my dark horse pick. I think he might not be a, a guy that can just win it straight up, but I wouldn't be surprised if I see him in the top 10. A lot of times in NASCAR, momentum is everything. And with three consecutive top three finishes and a fourth-place finisher last year, Ross Chastain should certainly be everyone's underdog. 
I agree. The chat has been. I actually have not been paying attention. The chat has anybody else been paying attention? It's uh, very much a spread out. Yeah, right it's very that's spread. what I it, figured. This, we don't get points for this one, so we might as well just go with whatever. Uh, I see a few McDowell's. In yeah, I saw a few McDowell's. Pretty... Give him McDowell because okay, we're probably not going to pick coming in. Uh, I mean, I see Briscoe. Actually, I see a lot of Cindrix. Well, I give it to Claudia. Claudia put watermelon. Chastain. Dang, it's Chastain or Cindric, but I feel like they might want to pick one of those guys to win. So I'm, I hate to give them the guy oh. that they want to pick to win. Uh, we're going to save the poll for the end. I think for now, I don't know, it's my stream. The first thing I saw was a lot of Cindric's. I'm going to give them Austin Cindric. So you All can't right. pick Cindric, chat. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking that one out of their hands. The only ones that can pick Cindric are actually me and Danny. All righty, Darian. Uh, let's no, kick Darian. What? Darian picks Cindric as his underdog. Yeah, as my oh, underdog. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I thought you said I picked him. Sorry. I want to know who Darian has winning this race. Let's kick things off. Darian, who you got? Well, first off, Eric, who's going to win? Who's going to win? Ekoda. That's the okay. question. Okay, so let's kick this off. I mean, obviously, Vegas Insider, they're clearly, they clearly have two favorites here. I mean, Chase Elliott plus 250 and then Kyle Larson plus 300 and then the next closest guy is Martin Truex Jr. at plus a thousand so they're thinking either Larson or or Elliott has this on lock I mean I don't think this race will be as dominating as they think but I mean I do think that in the end it'll come down to one of those two I'm going to lean lean a little towards Chase Elliott here you know still doesn't have a win for Hendrick Motorsports yet this year I feel like he will cross that checkbox and Hendrick will have at least one win for all four of their cars once again. So and Chase Elliott. Speaking of Chase Elliott, you might as well give the chat that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's all I'm seeing. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll give him a little bit, but yeah, that's all I'm seeing too. Dang, y'all picking the heavy favorites. That's not how you do things in Vegas. I'm going with a guy. I feel like he's going to be a common pick, and I'm actually glad the pick the chat's going with Elliott. I was afraid when I gave them Cindric that I'd open the floodgates to them picking the same guy as me for all three rounds. But no, I'm going with Ross Chastain. What did you say earlier? Third, second, second, yeah. something like that the last three weeks. Ross Chastain finished fourth last year at Circuit of the Americas in a Chip Ganassi racing car. He's going to run the Xfinity race as well on Saturday. Ross Chastain is going to finally break through and get his first career Cup Series win. It's going to happen in front of me. It's going to be beautiful. I'm going to bring my own watermelon to smash in the parking lot after he gets it done. That's hey. how excited I am for him. Just, just go I to am confident. And buy like a, 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 like a portion of watermelon to smash it i'm gonna bring buy some sliced watermelon and see if they'll let me that through security and i'll start throwing it i'll be like pelting him as he goes like it's when they throw <laughs> beer cans at jeff gordon i'll be throwing watermelon <laughs> slices at chest watch day. coda will probably really let you bring a whole ass watermelon in there and still take your sunscreen i'll, I'll hollow out the watermelon and slip the sunscreen in that's the you're on to something big using the big brain big brain big brain, big brain. but yeah chastain that's oh. my pick i'm gonna hope to use the big brain with my pick uh, I don't think this is going to be a very common one, but I'm going to go with him anyway because I have, I, have, I have a bit of faith in him. Uh, I'm going with Austin Cindric as my pick, and here's why. We talked about he was probably the man to beat at Road America before the shifter issue, right? Yeah. He led a couple laps at Coda last year, but here's the thing everyone seems to forget about that. This man had some of the fastest laps on track when everyone is on wet tires and he was still on slicks. <laughs> like, Facts. I feel like people forget that. And so I think, you know, and, and on top of that, I think that he has a better team behind him now. I think that he's not going to be sort of the test car, that fourth Penske car that's just 
rolled out for three or four races a year. He's in the two car. So I'm going to go with Austin Cindric as my pick here. I'm going to take that chance because I think that I, I could really cash in here. I'm also going to Eric on this one. I'm riding the watermelon train. I like Chastain again this week. I you noticed when you asked. Dark horse, didn't you? Huh? Did you, you pick Chastain as your dark, as your dark horse? horse, though? I think you did. Oh, yeah, you picked I? him as your dark you horse. So you, you can't pick him, him as your winner. You can't pick him as a winner. Yeah. That's right. Okay, give me Elliot. I'll take that. All right. I'll take Elliot. <laughs> Oh, what a terrible backup plan. <laughs> yeah. And then the chat has... Well, they got Elliot, yeah. As Spencer5478 yeah, has put in the chat, 999999. Yeah, that's about... That's basically the chat for the last five minutes. See, Eric's that good. He made me forget I even had him as a as underdog. That's right. Yeah, See, I remember you... At, when Darian first read the betting odds, you went out of your way to ask... Where's, where's Ross Chastain? I know she's not Chastain, up there. And yeah. I was like, yeah, that's my – I was about to ask yeah. that same question. But now, but now, like, Jerry, I mean, he made amazing points, too, that I had completely forgotten about with Cendric, too. So I'm like, eh, am I regretting Trust me, picking don't let him never sway you. Being, I will never forget being that freaking wet as <laughs> I was at Coda. That could sound dude, really bad. We freaking no, – I mean, dude, we got slapped by the rain. It was so bad. <laughs> It was a joy having oh, yeah. y'all in Texas last year, though. We will miss you this time. Oh, it was, it was awesome. I, w- was I wish fun. I could be there this time. It was fun seeing Carnation, too. Yeah, him and his yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been cool to see so many people in the chat here tonight also saying that they're going to be at the at the race. And actually, on that note, before we start to wrap things up here, we do have to get to the final batch of Super Chats. So I will go ahead and jump into that real quick. Um, earlier tonight, the other White Castle, thank you for the five. In my opinion, the lack of passing in the field was actually a good thing. It meant the best cars could stay up front. Thus, the race felt less like a crapshoot, talking about Atlanta. That's fair. Mm-hmm. You definitely saw good cars lead most of the laps like William Byron. Um, Alex Viviera sent another five, said, Ryan C., I'm going to win. Ty Gibbs, activate God's plan to get a huge run and win. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's hilarious. Fly guy only 773 with the 20 earlier. Thank you so much for the very generous super chat. Great to see you. Love the vibes. The Atlanta race wasn't what I expected, but if they put it in a video game, I would definitely send everybody to the back of the bus. Oh, dude, <laughs> on iRacing, it's hey, going to be crazy. Side note, I forgot to mention that one thing that i said uh this week the racing at atlanta did remind me of like mile and a half racing and ea sports video games so in did, a way did. i did like it for that part of it yeah it's gonna be crazy on i racing i can already see all the rages on that track already kind of nostalgic great brock Culpepper, thank you for the five thoughts on blaney so far this season what's y'all's prediction for him He'll get a couple wins. I think Hopefully. he'll get a couple wins. And yeah, he'll definitely get a couple wins. Just yeah. needs better luck on his side and, well, a better pit crew as well. So. <laughs> pit pit yeah. crew hosed him up at Phoenix for sure. Thank yeah. you, Isaac, for the five. Which of these drivers at the bottom of the standing should be concerned? Hamlin, 26th. McDowell, 27th. Custer, 28th. Bell, 30th. Burton, 33rd. Damn, I didn't realize Harrison Bell. had dropped to the very bottom Dude, of the full-time Bell drivers. Be so there are three drivers out of those. you got Hamlin, Custer, and Bell. Now for Burton... I'm not going to be too concerned. He's yeah. a rookie, so we can give him a bit of a pass. But, yeah, no, those three I just mentioned. Damn, I didn't know Custer was that low, though. So, geez. Especially with SHR, the rest of the team kind of actually yeah, running pretty well. Checking out. <laughs> I'm, not checking worry. Out. I'm not going to worry about Hamlin in, unless it's, like, five or six races to go. I, I, he, he's always been someone who's good enough to get a, at least one win a year. So. I think he's more than capable and hungry to get redemption for Richmond this year. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan Sellers. Going to Coda this weekend for my first road course race. How much different is the at track 
at track experience for an oval versus a road course. Love the podcast. Oh, because the road course is so much bigger. And it's, there's like, yeah, a lot of walking, but, especially a big but, road course like Coda, but yeah. they Coda do a pretty good job. Coda is designed to kind of essentially be more like a stadium road course yeah. though, ain't it? Uh, a little. I mean, it is, it's very long. Like even like turn 11, turn 12 with those grandstands, you can see a lot of the track, but you still can't see the front stretch and you still can't see like that like turn 11 or turn 10 way off in the corner. So even that it's not as good as the Roval, let me put it that way, but it's I'll, better than like Sonoma from what I've heard. I will give one piece of advice that I'm sure most people won't give. Uh, Darian and I can both attest to this. If you can, if it's within your you know means to do so, go there Friday night after like the track activity and practice and stuff is done. It is so cool to walk around. You, you can get your bearings very easily, and they just let you into all the stands everywhere. Like yeah. there's no one stopping you. So it's like you can see where all the really good views are at. So I, I, that's my advice to anyone going to a road course in general. Go as early as you can to see like the best view possible. And they have go-karting there too in the front stretch. It's that's pretty yeah. cool. They do. Yeah, that's a good point. Turnpike, thanks for the five. Good to see you. Man, Eric, love that new sign you got behind you. <laughs> uh, and any of y'all going to Bristol? Pals on me. Uh, what's I'll pals? be going. Yep. Oh, you like don't know pals? I'm not living in Bristol. They don't know that was pals. But you're supposed to at least stop it's... there. They have great fries. Is that like the Bucky's it, of Tennessee? What is, what is no, it? It's literally it's, a fast food restaurant yeah. that has giant statues of food outside and it's a drive through only. Isn't there a hot dog on like the roof? There's a hot dog, like... burger, fries, milkshake all yeah. outside. I mean, it sounds for the beautiful. giant wiener on the roof. Ah, I will keep my eyes peeled. It sounds hard to miss. Um, thank you, Nova Stone 12. When will Daytona wear out like the 2000s? It's maybe. getting there. I mean, if you look at the yeah. track, there's sealant all over it. Maybe someday. Just light it on fire a few more we times. We might need another jet dryer to, to yeah, exactly. process. <laughs> uh, Andrew Mayer, thanks for the five. It's t- is it time to start panicking for Hamlin? The 11 team has been the best team for the last three seasons, and they've fallen off a cliff so far this year. Some of it's been just wrong place, wrong time. The shifter or the blowing out the transmission at a, wherever that was. Was that Vegas? Vegas, yeah. Like, Vegas. like Jared said, not until there's four races to go. Like, yeah, I mean, like, I'm not going to be too panicked right away. But, I mean, yeah, it still is very surprising uh, to of, see him all the way down there. Out of all those down there, Bell is who I'd be most concerned yeah, with. It's the, it's the yeah. fact that Hamlin hasn't finished a single race. Zero top ten so far this year. Like, keep in mind, he did not win in the regular season last year. I don't think he can get away with that this season. Not after yeah. the start. No. Tyler Rekoff, I hope I'm saying that correctly. Thank you. Do you think that we are getting back to having respectable rookie classes in Cup going forward? Xfinity is in a good place these days. Yes. A lot of it has to do with how long they're they're staying down there. Like I, I, I that's why I was so highly praising Austin Cindric this year. He spent so much time developing in lower series. Briscoe too. I, yeah, yeah, Briscoe too. But I think Austin Cindric more. I don't feel like he's a rookie. I yeah. just I just don't feel like he's a rookie. See, I feel that way about Briscoe. I know he's not a rookie this year. He's a second-year driver. But even last year as a rookie, like I felt like Briscoe, because he's a little older, he's been around a while. He'd grinded in all the lower ranks. Like You'd seen him a while. I've, we saw him in ARCA races like seven, eight years ago, I feel like. So you know, I, I feel like, yes, that is becoming a trend once again. You're not seeing the William Byrons coming into Cup at like 20 years old anymore. Yeah, so. and even Noah Gregson, he's just now making part-time Cup Series starts, and I feel like he's already established star at this point. Yeah, he's yeah, been – this is – third fourth full-time fourth full-time year in xfinity right now i like that that we're getting back to that a little more yeah and judging from the last cup race he still has some learning to do in the, in the oh, cup we didn't, we didn't even mention yeah, that. Versus, versus, versus we saw you know guys like you no know, even depend the two-year ago champion chase elliott he looked kind of odd there the first few years because yeah. he was maybe put up there too soon 
Robert Russo, thanks for the super chat. NASCAR calling themselves entertainment means now they can fix races. How can you be mad? It's not a sport. It's entertainment. Wait, 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 I don't. I mean, that'll be really hard to fix races. I don't think it's going there yet. But I, yeah. you know, yeah. I still don't like that. That's they, the problem. Is that's the idea that's being put in your head when they use that kind of language. Yeah, true. Yeah, they would. What he's getting at is they would have to literally change their classification from sport to entertainment. You couldn't yeah. bet on races the way that, you do now. <laughs> what? I don't think yeah, you, could, you no. wouldn't be able, like, I, legally, I imagine you wouldn't be allowed to bet on races. No, it's actually, already a predetermined outcome. They yeah, actually scripted it. Well, technically, you can bet on WWE, but. Really? People yeah. bet on WWE? You can, but I wouldn't recommend it. No. Yeah. I'm learning so much tonight. First pals. Because and... the second it happens with that, they make it look like someone's going to win, and then someone doesn't win. So. Jeez. Oh. Uh, thank you, Way Sick. Way CIC, I appreciate it. Do you ever, or do you lot think NASCAR 2020? Oh my gosh. Do you lot think NASCAR 21 will get Gen 7 ever? I think they got to fix the game. They got to fix the game first, Maybe bro. Maybe NASCAR 22? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Gavin Adcock. The last time Chase Elliott won was July 4th, 2021. He's in a slump when he comes to winning. That's right. It's hard to say that about a guy who just made the championship leader. four and is currently leading the points, but it does Damn, kind of feel like he's here. in a slump. Like, he hasn't won an oval since 2020. Like, geez. Mm-hmm. Not trying to anger the Chase Elliott fans. I'm sorry. Uh, thank you, PTM Billy, for the five. I'm jealous of that die cast, Jarrett. You're a Prilosect die cast. Um, I have the 124 scale of that car. Was a big Jeff Burton fan growing up, so I try to grab his cars when I can. That's awesome. Ooh. That's super cool. That's a good looking one. Groovy Goose, good to see you. Uh, the Darien and should be a tornado siren. <laughs> and he says, spin the UFO. <laughs> Gosh, we could have used those in Texas the other day. I'm hoping everyone in uh, Texas, especially north and central Texas, oh, yeah. are doing okay after the tornadoes that blew through here, I think, two days ago. Yeah, no, uh, I saw stuff. a Twitter post. There's one girl working at Walmart basically like ran inside to get away from the freaking tornado, and her knees were all bloody and stuff because it was Jeez. like dragging her. And Did you see the dude in the truck? Uh, I, I will say yeah, it got like flipped that... over and then landed yeah. back on his wheels. I hope, I hope GM will get because toyota did this a couple years ago when there was a wildfire and a dude mm-hmm. survived in his tundra and the tundra was like still yeah. driving afterwards i hope that gm does something similar goes and gets it was a red and it's an old red chevy silverado get him a brand new red silverado and say here you go buddy yeah uh, i saw an image of like texas motor speedway it almost looked like there was a small tornado like in texas motor speedway maybe it was just a smudge on the lens and then some but people like, on nascar twitter were like yeah go for it destroy it i'm like oh come on <laughs> do it do it, do it. Huh? Are there condos at Texas? I know a lot of those mile and a half has. Uh, yeah, I think, Atlanta has think of the people. Does. Texas does. Yeah, don't don't. I don't want people to die. Hit the other side. Yeah. <laughs> Final handful of super chats here. It's nothing. Uh, thanks for the five. Y'all going to Bristol Dirt? I am. Which current yep. track would you want redone? And how like Atlanta or Bristol? Okay, which current track would you want redone and how? Like Atlanta Texas. or Bristol for entertainment? Also, hello, NASCAR Weekly Podcast chat. Thank you for the super hello. chat. It's nothing. Te- Texas, Texas, three miles super speedway. Yeah, three miles super speedway. Yes. The movement all, is starting. I'd rather them all become Bristol, honestly. If he's giving that as an option, I'd prefer that. Um, thank you, Nova Stone 12, for another two. Of course, iRacing helps design a wreck fest track. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Um, Groovy Goose, thanks for the two. If Bowman is a hack, does that make Hamlin a glitch? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. That's a good one. 
Uh, Kyle really Busch. Tw- so far. Yeah, he's looking really glitchy. Uh, son of a glitch, Hamlin. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Bush twenty. Uh, interesting username. Um, thank you for the four ninety nine. Big Kyle Bush fan. Do you think he's going to win this year? Oh yeah, yeah. he'll win at Probably. least one race. He's won a, a race if, every year. If, of his if he could, if he could somehow squeak out a win in twenty twenty, as bad of a year as that was for him, he can do. Yeah. It. And now he has practice, sort of practice mm-hmm. back. Uh, and then I believe this is the final one from Colin Misner. Thanks for the $10. What is the best trio of commentators in recent years from any network? Oh, man, I got to say, I've been watching a lot of 2003 races here lately. And uh, I, I like that whole dynamic that TNT had, actually. I'm, I was just listening to it again. I was like, man, this is actually really good commentary and actually really enjoyed Bill Weber on the, on the pre-race stuff, too. I'll go a little more recent here and stuff. Like, yeah, obviously, you know, Alan Best with Bill Weber, that era, and then also Fox's early, uh, early 2000s era was cool and stuff. But in my opinion, a very underrated trio of commentators was ESPN's final years. You had Alan yes. Bestwick, Dale Jarrett, and Andy Petrie. I mm-hmm. felt like that was perfect. That was the perfect booth. They all worked together commentating races from 2011 to the end of their contract in 2014. I felt like those were the four best years NASCAR on ESPN had had for its Cup Series coverage. And I got to say, I, I saw uh, Andy Petra in the garage this week. Yeah, I saw him too. That yeah. man don't age. He still he, looks the Yeah, same. he's still the same as he looked in 07, you know, when if, they first came on TV. If, if I can take Boyer out, can I do Kenseth, Martin, and Mike Joy? Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Why not? If, 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 if I'm allowed to take Boyer out to do that, if I have to do like just straight up, uh, like if we're talking recent memory, I'll go with the ESPN trio. Um, See, but yeah, I honestly really liked McReynolds, Waltrip, and Joy in like the late 2000s, early 2010s. Yeah, that was. Solid. I thought they were great. That, if I could pick any okay. though, and I know it's not a three-person booth, but Alan Bestwick and James Hinchcliffe for the SRX were really good last year. Yeah, you know, throw in Matt Yoakum, Brad Doherty, um, who else they have? Uh, Lindsey Zarniak. Like that whole team was was pretty solid well, last year. You know, even I enjoyed um, Alan Bestwick, uh, Brad Darty, and Rusty Wallace when they would be together doing some of the oh, nationwide yeah. races back then. That's right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, thank you, everyone, for the super chats. I believe that is thank going you. to do it. Thank you all so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, we are just over two hours. That's going to do it for the latest edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Again, a big thank you to Anthony Alfredo for joining us for the first 15 or so minutes, sharing his thoughts. Looking forward to seeing him in the Pit Boss car this weekend at Coda. Thank you, all of you watching, for being a part of the live chat tonight, for interacting with us, interacting with each other, sharing your picks for this weekend. Thank you to everyone who sent in super chats, of course your support means the world Um, and gentlemen thanks for being here as always it's always a good time to talk to you Uh, next week we will be if i'm not mistaken we will be on danny b's channel danny Danny. b right over over there um darian are you gonna be like are you gonna be there as well is this gonna be another like over darian over the shoulder kind of uh well i'm here this week so probably not next week but definitely sometime next month we'll do this again we'll we'll be back uh, go ahead danny I was just gonna say this is definitely coming, you know, something we do here and there. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe we, maybe we can expand this into three people in one box one time. Yeah, or you can come over to my place when you do it. Yeah, yeah. Bring Shugs. That's I'm sure Dar- Darian's apartment would love that. <laughs> well, uh, it's been great. We'll be back on Danny's channel next week at 8 p.m. Eastern time. If you're not subscribed, be sure to click on his name down in the description below. Take you straight to his channel. You can check out his latest video from Atlanta Motor Speedway. You can subscribe there. You can subscribe to all of our channels down there as well and check out Anthony Alfredo as well. Uh, But that's going to do it. 
Thank you all so much for tuning into the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. I do not have the Dale call. I'm slacking. I apologize. What? I know. I'm. It's tragic, but um, we'll we do better next week. We can all try to week. impersonate it. Can you, yeah, I like that. Acapella. Hold on. What? Oh, wait, does Jarrett have it? Jarrett's coming I'm in clutch. Like, this is big. Like, oh, no. Don't let us Can you find it? I think this. I think it's, it still kind of works. Kind of works. Call. Uh, okay, it kind of broke a little. Oh, that's okay. We'll, we'll just, like, if we'll it doesn't work, part. we'll do it acapella. That's okay. Thanks for watching, everybody. Goodbye. Oh, no. <laughs> acapella. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Green, green. Oh, holy moly. Take off. Yeah. This guy. Thank you. Hell yeah. Woo! Great job, man. Great job. Great job. Great job. Great job. Great job. Great Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.